Welcome to the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast with your host, hailing from Kakana, Wisconsin, riding a CST Tires SSI decals traveling back Yamaha YFC 450R, four-time ATV Motocross National Champion, number 25. Cody Jensen. What's up, everybody? We're back. Welcome to the latest edition of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, episode 106 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires, available and in stock for purchase today at shop.csttires.com. I'm your host, Cody Jansen, saying hello to our more than 103,000 monthly Digging Deep listeners in all 101 countries in which you are listening, and this is our 2023 Daytona ATV Supercross and ATV Motocross season preview show. Anything that there is to talk about in current ATV motocross racing will be discussed in the episode ahead. We'll kick things off by going over the storylines we're watching going into the event before Thomas Brown joins the show for a huge and exciting announcement. You won't want to miss that. I can promise you that. And after we finish with Thomas, we'll dive headfirst into the racing action, discussing every single rider who will line up next week in the process right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. We have so much to get into, so with that, let's quickly shout out all of our incredible partners. CST Tires, go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Thanks to SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymauer Financial Group, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Binky's Forever ATC Museum, a special shout out to Impact Solutions, and Manscaped to get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Big news from Manscaped last month. You heard it here as they announced they were making the jump into the Beard Products game. And as you know, we're responsible for speaking this into existence. Introducing the Beard Hedger Pro Kit from Manscaped. The Beard Hedger Pro Kit is the ultimate beard care bundle, a premium beard sculpting machine. The Beard Hedger allows dudes like you and I to style our beards to exactly our liking with a zoom wheel featuring 20 different built-in lengths. This pro kit also includes beard shampoo, conditioner, oil, balm, and free gifts of a beard brush, comb, and scissors. Now you're speaking my language, Manscaped. Get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. So rad that Manscaped is continuing to invest in ATV Racing as a longtime partner of ours at Digging Deep. Help us keep them in the fold and involved in ATV Racing by using our Digging Deep 20 code so they know you enjoy Digging Deep and what we're all about here. Support all the great companies that support us, and for any products that fall through the cracks, you know what to do. Click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. The 2023 season is freaking here, but we both know you still need parts and gear. No matter what off-road gear parts you need, Rocky Mountain ATVMC has you covered. But before you buy, simply click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website. By using our specific link, we get a percentage of what you buy on the back end, enabling you to help us out while purchasing the parts you need anyway. And did you know you can buy OEM parts from Rocky Mountain ATVMC as well? 
Yep, shipped conveniently right to your door. So click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner at diggingdeepatvmx.com to help us out while satisfying all your gear and parts needs. No new donors to shout out this week, but if you are interested in donating and hearing your name on the show, you can find the Patreon or Buy Me a Coffee donation links on our website. Major thanks to all who have donated. And if you can't donate, but you still want to help us out, you can leave us a rating or a review on iTunes or Spotify. That helps us out a bunch. If nothing else, those five-star reviews shows our partners that you really enjoy what we're all about here. And one last reminder, the days are clicking away. Time is running out. While you listen to this one, grab your phone, head over to ATVFantasy.com and sign up for the new and exciting season of Digging Deep ATV Fantasy. It's a one-time sign-up fee. You get a season pass for the whole season. You can build a new team every week, selecting your favorite riders to make up your team, competing against my Digging Deep crew, pro riders, industry insiders, your friends, hundreds of other ATV racing fans and enthusiasts, and it is so much fun. Not only is it fun, we'll award weekly and season-ending prizes, a bunch of really cool stuff from parts for your quad to goodies from the pro riders. There is literally no reason not to play this game. It has taken ATV Motocross fandom to a whole new level. Anybody that's played it just freaking loves it. We adore it. So if you're interested in all, even if you're on the fence, we will make you a believer. It's so much fun. You'll hear a bunch about it in the in the episode ahead here, especially with Thomas Brown. It was a blast talking ATV fantasy with him so sign up today at atvfantasy.com and start building your four rider squad for daytona that's atvfantasy.com now it's showtime the 30 second board is up it's sideways and the gate is down time to dig deep let's go all right, guys, we're back here for yet another episode of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. And I have to say, these Daytona season preview podcasts are some of my favorite of the entire year. Joining me is one of two guests tonight that are going to help us look ahead and preview the ninth annual Daytona ATV Supercross in the 2023 season to follow. Brought to you by our friends at Factory 43, the aluminum parts choice of both champions, Joel Hetrick and Bryson Neal. Visit factory43atv.com to check out their full line of Nerf bars bumpers and grab bars say hello to one of our very first guests ever back when we started the podcast in 2019 now rejoining us after a bit of a hiatus former ama atv pro multi-time pro-am winner mr tyler hamrick what's up hammy this has been long overdue man hey what's going on man uh definitely been a long time coming uh missed you missed uh talking some atv moto and uh I'm i'm glad to be back Heck yeah, man. I'm stoked to have you back. You, uh, you messaged me pretty frequently, right. About, about topics and, and, uh, conversations going on in the ATV racing world. And when you shot me a text the other day, I thought to myself, man, we got to capture this for the podcast. I think I, I told you as much at the time, thought it would be a great way to kind of preview the season and everything that we know going into Daytona. And it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard. And I found this in, in recent years that, it's difficult to find people that don't have alliances and allegiances that are going to just talk up their guys, right? You know, nothing against all the stuff we've done in the past. It's been great coverage. I'm very proud of it. But I thought, man, who can, and I was racking my brain for weeks. I'm like, who can I get in here that we can really chop it up and, and be authentic? And when you started texting me these things, it, I felt like it was going to be the, the perfect opportunity for us. So uh, we're going to empty the notebook here today on all the riders that are going to line up at Daytona. Uh, so really looking forward to that. But first, man, you've enjoyed some some serious blessings since the last time that we had you on the show you're a dad now seems like everything in your life is falling into place with with uh you and allison right so congrats on that man it's been some major growth in recent years 
Yes, yes. Uh, a lot different than the last time you guys probably heard me. Uh, <laughs> I'm not uh, digging deep into the back of the fridge anymore. So, uh, yeah, having a daughter now, she's uh, 16 months old. It's definitely changed my perspective on life as a whole. And uh, it's pretty crazy, dude. Like, it's unexplainable, honestly. I would have never seen my life going like this, but I'm glad it is for sure. That's amazing, man. Well, we are, we're, we're proud of you, of course. And, and again, proud to have you here. The other thing that you touched on to me the other day is you texted me your reaction to the TC podcast. We'll touch on that here for a second because that went over so well. We did the video version on YouTube, which has been awesome. We put a bunch of photos in there for people to enjoy, kind of help tell the, the story as Tom told it. But what were your reactions to that tom was awesome uh, that's going to be something that we I, i'm hoping whether it's once a month we could do these episodes with him once a week he's been calling me every day with hour-long phone calls with more stories he's like man make some notes so you can remember to ask me about these things but i'm hoping my thought is maybe every month or every other month we'll do a, a story podcast with with tom carlson which will be a lot of fun but what did you think about about that episode with tom there I thought it was great. I honestly didn't know he had his hand in the ATV motocross series that long or as long as he had. And then yeah. a couple like like the Henson and Yoshimura deal when they went to like the factory Suzuki. To me, I never knew anything about that. Him and Yoshimura, like I always thought like, you got Doug Gus, Dustin Wimmer, like they all ran Yosh. So you think like mm -hmm. Yosh is like that product. You want that stuff to where and I feel like if that maybe not had happened, like we view TC racing as like totally different mm -hmm. or I've, I mean, at least like that's in my, my point yeah. of view. Cause I yeah. maybe didn't think he was like that popular of a engine builder. And uh, like after hearing some of his stories, it makes you kind of wonder like what went on behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you put it really well. Actually, somebody commented or wrote in just a couple days ago and said it was bittersweet. And, and their reasoning for saying that is TC helped so many different riders. Tom did so much for so many people. You saw that in some of the, the posts and comments, shares following this episode, right? So they said if he would have sold his soul to, to Suzuki and, and Yoshimura working underneath Yoshimura, cause TC never would have been Yoshimura, right? Obviously, you know, you can't compete with the, the big corporation that Yoshimura is. I think Tom's argument was that Tom wanted to just like, he, he didn't even want any of the recognition. He would have been cool just to work behind the scenes, tinkering on the engines and, and using his expertise there. It would be bittersweet to think of TC not being as we know it because he might've sold his soul and not had the opportunity to work with all these littler guys, quote unquote, that he did over the years. So that part of the episode was the most notable part of the episode, right? My jaw hit the floor. I didn't know that was coming. I didn't know that was necessarily part of the story. I had a feeling that maybe something like that went on, but I didn't know exactly where that was going to go. I didn't know we were going to have that conversation when I sat down on Super Bowl Sunday with him to, to have that conversation. In the time since then, I've learned of some, some backlash at Henson, and I don't love that. I love Tom. And I know that he was grateful to have an avenue to tell his story, a story that he had, you know, kept inside for the last 20 years. And I get that there's two sides to every story, but I had to be able to give him the chance to tell his story in its entirety. That being said, I don't love the fact that, you know, I had to be notified that Hinson was getting phone calls and, and messages saying that certain people out there, presumably, obviously listeners of ours, said that they wouldn't support Hinson anymore or would no longer be a customer of Hinson clutch components. 
So that's sat heavy with me in the days after hearing that because on a personal level, Hinson's a, a longtime supporter of my own race program, and I would consider the Hinson family close friends of mine and my family for, for many years, decades. So that hurt me. So all I can speak on is the way that the Hinson family has treated me over the years. They've treated me like royalty, probably better than I ever deserved. And I just want to say to our listeners, I mean, in those circumstances, just maybe think before you act. Digging Deep exists because I want to make the sport 1% better, not 1% worse. And again, this was part of Tom's story. We wanted Tom to be able to tell his story, of course. But no matter what the circumstance, let's think before we act. Let's be respectful to everybody. And let's make sure everything we do makes the sport 1% better, not 1% worse. My goal is to leave this sport just a little bit, just 1% better than I found it when I first got into ATV racing. I'm hopeful that someday when I leave it, when I leave this earth, the sport is 1% better because of of me and, and digging deep. So moving on from that, because that sat heavy with me for a couple days, I needed to address it. And I don't want that to be the overwhelming, overarching feeling from that episode because that Tom Carlson episode is one of my favorites that we've ever done. And the response was amazing. And the YouTube video was amazing. And our listener response was amazing. And Tom is so happy with all the comments and messages. I've shared every one of them that I've got with him. I've screenshotted them and sent them via email. It's been amazing. And he's been so grateful. Daily phone calls, all these things. It's been awesome. But at least needed to touch on that. I want to kick things off here, starting with something new that we're going to do for the 2023 season with these uh, race review and preview shows. And we're going to do a top five list. Anybody out there that listens to some of the, the, the sports shows, right? Lists are a big thing. So we're going to do our SSI decals, top five storylines heading into each race this season. And this obviously this first race round one Daytona. So looking at our SSI decals, top five storylines heading into Daytona. Uh, my number five, counting down to one storyline number five that I'm looking most looking forward to is which rookie is going to separate themselves early as the season kicks off here. We know that it's a it's a it's a whirlwind when you're a rookie starting the pro class, right? It's it's crazy. Not only are you kicking off a pro a pro career that you've probably thought about, dreamed about for your whole life, you're also doing it in Daytona, which I think amps up. I'm you can speak on that, Hammy. Uh, that the the emotions, the, all that stuff, the anxiousness, it gets amped up at Daytona. So that's one of the storylines I'm looking forward to most is the those rookies. Which one's going to separate themselves here to kick off the season? Yeah, I, uh, I definitely think for speaking for myself, I'd rather kick off the season at like a true motocross track. Mm -hmm. Like me personally, I'm sure I bet you the rest of the guys probably think the same because that's what they've been training all winter long for. And it's kind of just like, you know, luck of the weather. And if you get a good hole shot and if you're if your bike stays together. So, yeah, I bet you the nerves are crazy. I remember when I was going in, just even going to Pro-Am, I was uh, like a mental wreck probably definitely a big step from the other classes i've ever raced yeah you look down the line you see like you see big chatwin and joel hedrick and that's just enough <laughs> right yeah you're exactly right it, it changes the game uh when you're lining up with some of the dudes that you've looked up to again your whole life when you're a rookie like that and 
this this rookie class is really good. Um, I know that the in, in, inclusion of Kevin Saar, right? Because officially he's a rookie <clears throat> in the AMA TV Pro class, but he's a, so he's a little different. He's an outlier. But when, when you look at these other four additions that we're going to get into here later in the show, Dane Molander, Aaron Salinas, Adam Ulrich, uh, Andrew Shaddle, you look at these names, and I mean they're good competitive pro am kids, pro am guys, pro am riders that are going to be great additions to this class. So uh, we'll get into that. So that's my, my first storyline I'm starting with uh, storyline. I'm most looking forward to number four is Bryce Ford. Bryce Ford came into last season. He was a little burned out. He admitted as much. Uh, I, I was hearing leading up to the season, people didn't even know if he was racing a week or two before the first race. People in his camp, that's how how close of a call it was. So he came into last season burned out before eventually falling back in love with the sport more than ever. But with little prep last year and, and maybe some lackluster emotions, Bryce still nearly podiumed. It went right down to the wire. He made a mistake. He gave up that podium at Daytona in 2022. But I'm looking Looking forward to kind of the the headline of this headline would be what does a motivated Bryce Ford look like? Because I feel like some of the hype that we've had in recent seasons has subsided. You know, now he's just one of the guys, you know what you're going to get from him, but he could, he could put an exclamation point on the start of this season by getting a good hole shot at the opener. And you know, when he gets a good hole shot, he's going to run up front, especially on a track like Daytona. Yeah, definitely. Uh, gotta watch out for, he's got that raw speed and, uh, definitely crazy from I feel like the last time I was on the podcast he was just making that jump and I had all these like I thought he was gonna be like the next Joel Hedrick the big splash and that's Mm -hmm. that's not really been the case but he's still like a badass dude and for someone who seems to not like you said maybe not was a little bit burnt out last year to still go that fast it's kind of unreal like to go that fast and if you're saying he's not maybe totally 100% into it it's still it's pretty crazy Mm-hmm. Well, and, and he, we know he ended the season being totally all in finishing out the season. Well at Loretta's with a podium went on to do the quad cross of nations thing, freaking killed it for our team there. I know that puts so much wind in his sails, right? Then he goes and wins the, the Wavos uh, pro invitational. So he's all in, he's ready to go. I think that he's, that's why he's one of my storylines. I think that we could see a jump with him. I mean, he's been awesome. He's been a constant podium threat. I think last year we saw him become less of a wild card, more of a steady guy. I know uh, he had a DNF there at Pleasure Valley last year that didn't help him in the points, right? But uh, all those guys battled something at some point. But I think it's going to be a big year for Bryce Ford. Uh, moving on to my storyline, number three, counting down here to number one. Simply put, and you could argue that this one maybe belongs higher, but I feel like the the two higher storylines here are new things. So coming in at number three, simply put, who gets the early leg up? on the other at the opening round when we're talking about Hattrick versus Weenan, uh, the winner of six of the last eight Daytona season openers has gone on to win the title. I think that that, that just shows how important that a win at Daytona is as much as these guys want to say, it's only half points. It's kind of an outlier because it's not a real outdoor motocross track, all these things. The numbers don't lie. Six of the last eight Daytona winners have went on to win the title that year. And I feel like, you know, as everybody always is watching in this Hetrick versus versus Wienan battle, but that's going to be fun to fun to watch. Uh, we didn't see them battle last year. We didn't see them even see each other on the racetrack last year. This season's going to be a little different. And uh, I would assume, and it's going to be fun to watch to see how this thing starts out. Yeah, you nailed it. Uh, that's really got like first on my list is like the Joel and Chad battle. That's mm-hmm. always like, the first thing I look for and and uh, I'm just hoping maybe this year they get a clean dry track and 
just yeah. get some real good racing. I want to like. See, it'd be nice to see them come out one and two and just really duke it out. I mean, that's what everyone wants, but that'd be yeah. that'd be good to see. Then we could really get a good outlier who's got the leg up. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that Chad has been so good at this race over the years. Joel has struggled a little bit, but I think think he's think he's kind of lost that mantra now. He went out. You could see him kind of take the monkey off his back last year. He was so stoked to win that race. So yeah, it's going to be fun to watch this battle of the Titans there, as it always is at the front of the pack. Moving on now to my runner-up, my my number two storyline that I'm most excited for, Brandon Hogue. Got a new team. Does Brandon Hogue exercise his Daytona Demons from a season ago? Uh, it's going to be must-see. It's going to be so similar to last year, right? He, he got on the new music team. We, we know that he had these big lofty goals, podiums, wins. He gets that whole shot. He leads the, the thing until his quad expires. I just have this gut feeling that we could see him do it all over again. I know it's a different quad. It's a Yamaha. Now it's this new, new team he's riding for. But like I said, on a new team, does Brandon Hogue, you know, kind of get his revenge on Daytona. That's something I'm very much honed in on and watching for. That's something that's very much on my radar. Agreed. I got, I got him as the X factor. I think another one, he, he could jump from team to team and he's just still that, like he's that fast. Like I think last year I, definitely opened a lot of people's eyes in that first Daytona race. So uh, hopefully he has uh, a little bit more luck on his side for situations like that. And he can mm -hmm. really show people what he's capable of. Yeah. I think, I think you could hear the quiet confidence in his voice and he didn't want to put a ton of stock in the fact that, you know, he's been around Joel. He's been at Decker's. He's been seeing all these other guys ride too. You don't want to put a ton of stock into seeing Joel every day and seeing that speed, but I think that that's a meaningful thing. I really do. It's not like he's going to show up at the first race and be shocked by the speed that Joel and, and Chad are going. That's not something that's going to shock Brandon at this point. And I feel like a, a handful of years, a few years into his pro career now, I mean, we heard, we heard as much on the show when he joined us, he's always an awesome guest, but he basically said, it's my time. You know, it, you can tell that that's what he believes. And uh, I don't doubt it. I don't think it's fully out of the realm of possibility that he jumps out there and to a, to a good start at Daytona once again. And I would not be surprised at all if he were to win this thing this year. I really, I really would not be surprised. Like you said, X factor is probably a perfect way to put it. Uh, we'll get into the fantasy stuff as we go on the show here, but that's why I put him in tier one. I feel like if we had him in tier two, everybody would pick him for their tier two pick. I mean, he's just maybe at least the way things ended last year and knowing how Daytona went, he finished third in points last year, but also almost one Daytona. He, he would have been an easy pick. So that's why we needed to put him in the top tier and A to be fantasy, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. I, again, I wouldn't be surprised if he went out and won Daytona. I, I really, I really wouldn't. And, and it's all a confidence thing. Last year, a year ago, he wanted to be on a Honda. That's what he wanted. He got back on the Honda and he damn near won Daytona. Now coming into this season, he wanted to be on a Yamaha. He thought that that was going to be an advantage for him. Now he's exactly where he wants to be, man. I, again, that's going to be, it's hard to not put that number one because he's going to be a guy I'm, I'm very much watching uh, at, at Daytona here. So yeah, so th then that only gives us one left, right? The, the biggest story of the off season, people who are, have been listening to the show know exactly what I'm going to say. My number one story that I'm most looking forward to, uh, we all know about Kevin Saar signing with the, the music racing and repair team and taking his talents here to the United States. The, the five-time world champion is going to be somebody, so many people, it's a polarizing topic, right? I, I said on the last show that 
think some people had their doubts on how he was going to look, how, you know, whatever. And then the video started coming out, the rip it up films, films video, the video that Brett sent me and we posted. And it's like, man, he looks good. He looks like, like he's going to do just fine. It's really figuring <clears throat> out where he's going to fit in. And it's going to be really fun to watch. I think Kevin Saar is going to be somebody that everybody is kind of kind of honed in on and seeing where he fits. I think it's going to be fun to watch how that all happens. So that's why I put him as my number one storyline heading into, into Daytona. Yeah, I definitely think it'll be interesting seeing him come over to the U.S. soil and race. Um, I feel like Daytona won't be the best way to see what he's capable of. So sure. I think how like he could come out and get a second and he could come out and get tenth. I I don't think we should put a whole lot of stock into Daytona just because of the track. But um I'm definitely curious. I've been kind of paying a little bit more attention to him and I seen that video of a moto in the snow and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah I actually reached out to him. He sent me like the whole video of the track and it's pretty crazy that they're able to do that over there. Some would have been nice to do in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a blast. I spent a lot of time riding around in the snow. So that looked like a ton of fun. Okay. So that's going to do it. That's our, our SSI decals, top five storylines heading into Daytona. I'm looking forward to doing that all season long. That's uh, something fun just helps us kind of talk about the races and, and what we're most looking forward to at that upcoming race. So we have a ton coming up on the show here. We just got started, but let's get to our next segment with a rider that we all know very well. All right, guys, we're back here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, and we are stoked to be joined by a special guest brought to you by Blender's Eyewear. Use discount code DIGGINGDEEP20 for 20% off some of the raddest sunglasses on the market and even radder price at blenderseyewear.com. Say hello to 52-time pro ATV motocross podium finisher, undoubtedly one of the greats in the history of ATV motocross. Please welcome Mr. T. Brown, Thomas Brown, back to the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Thomas, it's been a minute. Welcome back, buddy. Oh, man. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be a part of Digging Deep. You've been doing great stuff, man. I'm uh, just honored to be a part of here and be on here and uh, get to chat with you today. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate that. You were a supporter of ours from the very beginning, so we appreciate that a ton. But, man, you're here to promote an event that you and Chad are uh, have coming up here. We'll get into that here in a minute. First off, buddy, we got to get to some life update stuff. Give us a little bit of a, a life update because you're a, a soon-to-be father now, so congrats on that. And uh, from afar, it looks like your, your second career. Now your new career is going well as well. So fill us in a little bit. Yeah, man, uh, expecting a boy here coming June, so me and Brandy uh, couldn't be happier. It's been uh, – everything's gone pretty smooth since we've left racing. It's uh, – man, I my racing career was great. And then I was like, man, I'm probably going to struggle in the second half. And, man, it's gone just amazing. I uh, I finished Fire Academy right out – you know, the year after uh, leaving racing, went to school, went to Fire Academy, and got fortunate enough to hire on with uh, Tampa Fire, which was my first choice. And Wow. Uh, just completed my rookie year, so I'm – now off probation and a uh, full-time firefighter and man just ah couldn't be happier nice well congrats on that man it's uh it's one of those things i think we talk about it all the time right everything happens for a reason you know you had such an awesome career i mean to think about 52 times you're on the podium i mean that's just amazing to think about all all the success there and then for all the timing to add up right because you know there is a this is a conversation i think you and i probably had when when uh we were chatting kind of similar you know around that time to the end of your career there uh your your racing career but you know it's it's a whole new chapter it's it's uh it's a whole new experience you probably didn't know what to expect but for everything to fit so seamlessly and to have everything kind of coming together so well for you man we we couldn't be happier that's just got to be the best feeling in the world 
man it really is i appreciate it it's uh life's great it's uh it's totally different it's it's less stressful in a lot of ways uh mm-hmm. but man it's it's a total different new challenges it's oh, man it, it's it's awesome and with the fire career it's like i'm not like i'm going to work a nine to five i go work one day and i have two days off and uh leaves me time for a lot of uh extra stuff to mm-hmm. uh fill that time with and so I've been starting to try to get back involved with the sport a little bit more because honestly, when I stepped away, I don't know if it was, I really don't know why, but I, I really stepped out of it, you know, a good bit. Like I didn't, I followed it from a distance. I kept mm-hmm. up with it like through Michael Allred and yeah. helping him out at the races. And then, you know, obviously with Chad, it was always uh, him being, uh, you know, one of my best friends. It's, yeah. I, I keep up, talk to him daily. So it, it was really good. Um, just how everything fell, fell into each other. But man, it's it, I mean, I, I still love ATV racing. Chad did talk me into getting on a quad the other day, so I rode <laughs> for the first time in two years, and he was pretty proud of that. I I wasn't sure if I wanted to or not, but he I'm gonna say he forced my hand. Right, right, right. We'll get into that a little bit, but yes, I can totally understand uh, stepping away a little bit, but then having it come full circle. I mean, ATV motocross is going to be a huge part of your life and a huge part of your story for forever. And I would assume with this, this second career of yours, you know, being a a firefighter and and doing that whole song and dance, I have to imagine that there's some things that transfer over, you know, the, the goal based stuff, you know, right. Having kind of a regiment, I would assume. And, and also like, you know, that, I don't know, like adrenaline or whatever might be the, I don't know if that's the right word or not. Right. But some of that has to, has to kind of fit between the two. It's kind of a, it's kind of a trend for you and and what you choose to do with your life, Thomas. Oh, for sure, man. The, uh, the fire life is uh, exciting when that tone goes off and it's a, it's a fire call, man. We get, we get pretty pumped up. Everybody gets excited. You know, you get a little bit of them butterflies kind of like you do on the line. Like when you're in the engine headed to the uh, fire, you're like, all right, so what do we got? Because you, you don't know what's coming up next. Pretty similar to going to that first turn. You don't know if you're going to rip a start or you're going to be in 20th. And right. the game really quick, same as pulling up onto a fire scene. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. I don't get to work as many fires as I, I'd like to, It's uh, which is a good thing. You know I mean? Obviously, fires are bad for the community. But for us, it's, uh, it's us getting to go do our job, similar to that gate dropping. It was me getting to go do my job every weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it is super uh, – I think adrenaline would be right when those calls come in. It's you, you get pumped up quick mm-hmm. and it's, it's pretty similar feeling. I have to say. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, to think that you don't have to go and, and find a nine to five job or, or, you know, work on a rooftop somewhere or whatever. I mean, to, to have something that you're truly passionate about, I think that that's the biggest thing. And that's probably why everything in the rest of your life is fitting so well into place, right? Is that you found something that you're truly passionate about. And uh, first it was ATV racing. You got to ride that roller coaster for a long time now to be doing this and, and still loving exactly what you're doing. I mean, that's what I think that everybody dreams of, whether it's, you know, being a librarian or being a professional athlete or being a firefighter or whatever it is to have something that you truly love to do. Right. I mean, that's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's great. Like even when I started the fire, I was like, Oh, that sounds like a really cool job. Like that was it. It was, uh, yeah. It was either that was like it really caught my eye and I had the opportunity to go work for my old man. And I, I really wanted to pursue this. And when I started it, it was just going to be a job. Seemed like a cool job. Got to be active, got to be part of the community and got to have a little bit of that adrenaline. But now that I'm in it, man, it's I'm going to call it like the brotherhood, like kind of similar to racing. It's like everybody kind of has each other back, even though we're fighting against each other. Everybody's on it with each other. Like we're all in the same trenches digging. And when you go to the fireside, it's really similar. We're all there. We're all there with one goal. And 
even at that point, I've got a lot more fire drive than when I started or even what I thought I would, like just the learning about it, learning how things go. And then 90% of our jobs actually medical is helping out that way. And I'm in medic school right now to become a paramedic. And that is big change, man. That's, uh, that's nothing to fire is all pretty simple. You put the wet (laughs) stuff on the stuff and it, uh, it kind of does its thing and there's obviously more to it, but the medical side, man, that's, it's, I'm in school again and I hated school, so I still hate (laughs) it, but I'm learning a lot and being able to help the community. And I would do want to become a good medic because you can really help people in that way too. So it's, -hmm. it's all good and it's all a lot of drive, but it's all a tight niche community really similar to ATV racing, the people at the fire station, or even, even if I meet a firefighter at a different County or a different state and I meet them, mm-hmm. they're instantly like, cool. Like you say, yeah, I, I'm a firefighter in Tampa and they go, Oh, I'm a firefighter here in New York or Wisconsin or wherever. And the, it's, mm-hmm. it's like a right away a bond. And it's like they, they trust each other similar to somebody like, Oh, I race ATVs too. Awesome, man. Where are you mm-hmm. racing? Oh, I race the series, blah, blah, blah. And you, you instantly got like a little, uh, I don't know, like a, like I said, it's, brotherhood. Or re, it's respect kind of, right? I mean, cause Absolutely. I can't, I can't fully understand what your life is like, right? But another person working in your same role, another firefighter can, I'm sure there is that instant connection, that instant respect. And that's actually funny that you mentioned that because I was gonna, I was gonna question you about that, that, you know, it seems to me, right? Like nine times out of 10, you know, there's a, seems like when you see a, uh, a fire engine or whatever, it's, it's just chasing a, you know, it's chasing an ambulance to an old folks home or whatever it is. Right. Um, but, but I was going to ask you how often, you know, how often is a, is a real intense call? I mean, is it, is it one out of 10? Is it one out of 20? What is it? Man, it, it's weird. Cause different days are different numbers. Uh, I'm my Tampa's inner city. So it's uh we are a very busy department as a whole. Okay. But so fire calls itself, like as far as getting a fire is probably like only like 5% of our calls. Sure. If um, then some traffic accidents are pretty cool. My station is not on a big interstate, so I don't get any or knock on wood. We don't get many nasty ones. Yeah. And then a lot's medical. I would say it's weird because some days you'll run like back to back, like big calls where you're, you're, like above my pay grade, like I'm just doing what I'm told. And then other days it's, uh, you know, basic stuff where we're just helping people out, you know, lift assist or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on the day, Got but, it. uh, you have those days where it's like, Oh, today we, we, we did stuff. And the other days it's like, mm-hmm. today was, uh, a lot of helping people out with minor stuff, which is still great. Still helping the community, but it wasn't like, uh, man, it, it wasn't a, trying to look the right word because it's all important because you're all helping each other out but wasn't intense helping. yeah it wasn't intense, it wasn't intense. yeah intense like that's that's it it was simple uh, i fell down i need help up okay do you want to go to the hospital maybe maybe not mm-hmm. and you go on with your life um but it's the intensity on some of these is is really extreme and you'll have days where you'll have a few of them and then other days you won't have any sure well, uh, it's awesome to hear, man. Uh, like I said before, it's kind of one goal to the next, right? You know, first it was the racing thing, then it was getting into firefighter school and then becoming a firefighter and now doing the medical thing, man. We, we, uh, couldn't be more proud of you speaking on behalf of the ATV community. We are so proud that you're one of us, man. It's a, it's a true, you know, it's, it's one of those things, right? I tell people all the time, you take what you learn, whether you race for a year, or you race for 20, you take what you learn from ATV motocross, whether it's that drive, uh, motivation 
organization, doing the right thing, helping people, right? I mean, you led, you were a leader of the ATV community for a long, long time. And now you're just taking all of that stuff and translating it over to a next career. And I think that that's something that we preach about all the time. So I'm sure you could vouch for that, but man, we're just, we're so damn proud of you. It's, it's awesome. Man, I appreciate that. It's, uh, it, it's, it's awesome to be part of this community. The ATV race community was uh, a huge part of my life, as everybody knows, and it will never uh, leave that part. So it's, and I thank you. I really appreciate that. So let's get into that a little bit then. We uh, we got you in here today to talk about uh, promoting this riding school that you and Chad Weenan are putting on, hosting at uh, at Gatorback down there on March 10th and 11th. That's the weekend before the Gatorback ATV National. Uh, no better way to get ready for that race, right, than, than riding the track the weekend before. So tell me a little bit uh, what you guys got planned. So, yeah, it's uh, big news. And we got a little breaking – we got a couple breaking news here. We got some good stuff coming. But, yeah, so uh, the 10th and 11th are going to be – one-on-one or not one-on-one but coaching like me and Chad are gonna be on the track we're gonna break the track down each day we're gonna some stuff will get doubled up day to day uh you don't have to buy both days you can buy one day at a time but we're gonna try to hit different stuff and then the more important stuff will hit both days you know we'll, we'll go over starts both days so double practice more important stuff you know certain sections of the track we'll really focus on each day and then we'll split each, the other days up to uh hitting some of the other stuff that maybe wouldn't be as crucial but very still a big part and working on the whole track as a whole. So between the two days, we'll hit the entire track, break down each section of it. And then the each day we'll hit the big points. Uh, we have just uh, decided me and Chad that we are going to release a Sunday portion that you can get with us. And it's going to be, it's going to be really similar to what I did with T Brown training, where it's going to be race simulation day. Okay. Is we're Sunday as strictly as if you were coming to race the race, we're going to do a practice in the morning and then a mock uh, cat and mouse moto it's going to be limited spots but we're going to do it just like uh it was a big thing part of my program way before i did like the t brown training where me and chad would be practicing i would start 20 seconds in front of chad 10 seconds whatever the mm -hmm. gap difference was so that at the end of the moto we were on each other and i believe that's the best way to really get race ready is to do these race simulation motos where you put a gap into it and you put the slower guy a little out front so he's trying to run away from you and if you're the guy in the back, you're trying to catch. And we plan to have, you know, several of those throughout the day where we're going to partner people up or, like you know, like three to four riders and then do a race simulation. And I'll be running the majority of that where we'll be uh, really pushing on, like, okay, so taking the things you learned from the previous two days and how much of that did you, once you got in a race, did you lose and you forget and point that out and then point off, like, okay, you got tired on lap four you see you here or you didn't get warmed up until lap two and really start focusing on that. So where they'll get a couple times throughout the day to work on their stuff and just put that final icing on the cake at the track they're going to race. So between the two days and then the third day on Sunday, doing the little bit of the race simulation, I, there'd be no better way being on the racetrack the week before at Gator back. It, we haven't been there in a long time, so it should be a huge opportunity. Uh, I hope a lot of people, uh, you know, grab on and me and Chad are excited to do it. Yeah, for sure. So, so you said a lot there, but yes, I mean, what an awesome opportunity to think, you know, any racer, whether you're a pro or you're, you know, a beginner, uh, by the end of the weekend on a national ATV national weekend, you always feel like you're all warmed up. You're ready to go. You're going to, you know, turn your fastest laps at the end of the weekend. Well, think you're giving people the opportunity to, you know, obviously you're helping them. You're going to make them even better than if they were just spinning laps. But at the end of the day to spin all these laps and have the opportunity to do this on a race, uh, a track 
track you're going to race the very next weekend. I mean, to come into that next weekend, which is the amateur season opener, remember, for most all the classes, to, to come into there all warmed up, knowing the track, everything fine-tuned. What a what an amazing opportunity uh, for people, Thomas. So that'll be that'll be really cool. So we also you said you hinted at it. We got some more breaking news. Do you want to you want to take the reins here? Or you want me to? You know, uh, it's it, it really don't matter if me or you take it. I'll go ahead and release a little bit. But uh, Debbie Bartosik from Live to Ride dropped the news today. She is wanting to sponsor two riders to give away uh, to the riding school, thanks to the Live to Ride Foundation, and support two riders to come hopefully improve themselves and be a safer rider. It's something that me and Chad both push. She's been a big part of a lot of riding schools throughout the years always wanting to improve safety. So she wants to make sure that we focus on safety and making sure these riders know what they're doing out there. So in that aspect, she's uh, going to sponsor two riders to the riding school. She's prepaid their spots and we are going to let you Cody figure out how you want to divvy those out. Okay. Okay. So yeah, like, like you said there, I mean, what, what a cool thing, uh, Debbie's always doing amazing things at 88 live to ride, but, uh, this is the coolest part of this whole deal. I think, you know, 88 live to ride sponsoring two riders to attend this school Friday or Saturday, right. Is how I assume, yep. uh, how I understand it, uh, free of charge, which is a $450 value per rider, I believe. Right. That's the, that's the, the value on that. And, uh, upon Chad's request and, and what you guys decided there, he reached out to me this morning. He wants to give them away on our show here. So this is what we're going to do for our listeners. Uh, we're going to have them sign up by emailing us at info at diggingdeepatvmx.com. We'll randomly select and announce two winners on Monday evening. So that's next Monday, a week from today, uh, March 6th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. That's kind of right leading up to Daytona. And that'll give people enough time, right, to, to plan for their week ahead and give them a little time and everything like that. But man, what an awesome thing. For, for Debbie uh, to do that for you guys. It's an exciting thing. I mean, not everybody gets that opportunity and this is going to give somebody an opportunity that may uh, not get the opportunity to go to something like this, if not for, for Debbie and 88 live to ride. So thanks to her, but Thomas, what a cool opportunity for some, some two, I guess, a couple of, of lucky uh, digging deep ATV MX uh, podcast listeners. Uh, for sure. You know, I got to give it up to Chad. He reached out to Gatorback uh and they they jumped on full board uh they've made it very clear they want to make this track good for uh, atv racing so props to the whole crew at Gatorback and chad for reaching out to them and then helping put this together me and chad whenever the schedule got released he's like yeah the daytona is going to be happening and then a week and a half later we're doing that i'm like man we need to do a riding school between there and we're like all right what track in florida okay he goes well, let's reach out to Gatorback." and chad figured it out reached out and they came on board right away uh they they said it'd be perfect you know have us out there and then we, we were stoked on that. We got to release it and we kept trying to add stuff to it. We did the two day riding school and then we figured out that we could add the Sunday feature. And within all this, and next thing we know, Debbie emails Chad and says, Hey, I want to sponsor two riders. I want to, you know, donate them. And she, she left it up to us. And, you know, now we, we pawned it on to you, but we felt like that was the best way to get the real word out there. Like it, this digging deep podcast, man, like, like you said, from the beginning, I thought this was a great idea. Uh, I, I thought you were the perfect guy to run it. And, man, you've taken it off with it. It's, it's great to see and hear and get so much information out there. So the whole setup with this riding school has just kept getting better. And we just thought no better way for you to get get help spread the word about it a little bit. And then with spreading that word, we're going to give back thanks to the Live to Ride. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the 
appreciate the kind words towards us again, of course, but uh, honored to be a part of it. Honored that we can kind of be a part of this thing and help get the word out there and help uh, two lucky people uh, probably have a, a weekend that they're never going to forget leading into the kickstart of another awesome ATV motocross season. So Thomas, I want to talk a little bit about the what's something that you referenced already, doing a little riding recently. Uh, we saw you out there with Chad. Uh, he got you back on the moto track to spend some laps, right? So, so tell me what it felt like. How good did it feel to get back in the saddle? You said Chad was pumped. You didn't know how you felt. So tell me a little bit uh, about that. Yeah, man, I haven't, I, last time I rode a quad was south of the border, uh, what, two years ago. It was okay. over two years ago I rode a quad and uh, minus my four by four, which has a cooler and, uh, we go through, <laughs> so yeah, it, right. not the, so I was, uh, I didn't know what it was gonna be like. I didn't know how quick it was going to come back. And Chad had been really pushing on me due to this riding school. He's like, yeah, if we're doing the riding school, you have to ride. And I'm like, no, I'll, I'll, I'll do it from the sidelines, man. I, I really feel like I have something to bring to it. I finally got to take a step back and look at racing at a different light rather than being on the gate on the side these last couple of years. And I really, some of the stuff I've learned or I think I've seen, I would love to apply to my program back in the day. There's just no way to do that. So I was like, I was with him and he goes, no, no, you, you got to be able to show it, man. Like they're going to want to see you ride. I said, all right, all right, I'll ride. I said, but the first time I ride, I can't be just at that riding school. Like I sold everything. Like I don't have, he's like, no, no, we'll get, we'll go to a track. So he came over here to Tampa, the Tampa MX and he got me out there and, it it was fun. He's like, like Brandy's like, Hey, take it easy. Like she came with me that day. She's like, don't go do nothing stupid. Chad's like, no, like you should probably do a side lap. You've never done one of those in your life. So like what, maybe this <laughs> first time doing that, not jump everything lap one. And I'm like, we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to be stupid. And mm -hmm. I went out there. I let everybody else in the quads go. And I was like, I'm just going to roll. I'm going to roll a couple laps. And I got to the first jump and it was like a little bitty double. Like I'm telling you small. So I jumped it. The next one was a little bit of big tabletop. I jumped it and I got like six jumps in and I haven't rolled anything yet. Cause they just kept pulling getting bigger. And I'm like, Oh, I'm dialed in. And finally we got to some of the bigger stuff out there. And I was like, all right, I, I laps to get everything down, but it, it was good. Um, I, I definitely have lost some speed uh, and I'm not in the same shape. Like I don't do a lot of cardio. Like I used to, I do a lot more lifting. And uh, so I, I pumped up a little bit, which I never did in my entire career. So, but it, it was fun. It came, it came to me pretty quick. Uh, I could really start feeling stuff. I, I felt back in the saddle, like, or I felt comfortable in it. I'm going to say pretty quick. Uh, Chad's clutch feels otherwise. Cause uh, the first, the first whole practice after I got going, I, I kept pushing. Like I just wanted to rip laps and my, uh, my cushion was uh, slipping that clutch and not using full. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I, I roasted that thing. I just let her slip the whole time. That way it sounded like I was going fast, but oh I was really going gosh. Oh so my he, gosh! I came back in and you could smell it. And he goes, "Man," he goes, "We're out the next time." He's like, "Just take it easy on the clutch." I just put that one in there, and I'm like, "All right, all right." All right. And, and when I, I finally got a little comfortable and just like let the bike do the work, and and his setup's working good, so I can't complain about it. I just uh, I had to have that safety blanket for a little bit. Yeah, well, I feel like so many people listening right now can can relate to that uh, probably early season for most people, right? They haven't rode in a few months, and over the winter time, their arms are tight. They're using the clutch and and whatever. Um, it's funny to to hear somebody like you, one of the greats, uh, talking about something that so many people can probably relate to. But it's pretty cool. It's awesome to hear you back on the quad. I'm sure that love never goes away, right? Um, but that was going to be my question. I didn't think you had any quads left. Uh, I assumed you were on Chad's, but yeah, it does make sense to spin a couple laps before the the school i would assume 
Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. No, no, Chad. Uh, Chad took everything. I had like the uh, factory deal that day. I go to pick up the truck with my gear in the back. I got dressed. He he uh, already had pressures done and fill. Actually, I had to fill it up with gas, so I had to do one thing. Okay. I got to go ride it, and then he took it back to Daytona, and I went back home. I washed my gear, and next morning I called him. I said, "What are you doing? Washing bikes?" <laughs> and he was doing all the work. I was like. And he's like, well, you, you, what'd you think? And I'm like, oh, I could get used to this. I'm not buying a quad right now, but if you want to keep doing this factory deal, maybe I'll uh, jump on board a little bit more. Yeah, there you go. Nothing is better than not having to wash that quad when you're done with it. There's there's nothing better than that. But Thomas, looking ahead to the school. Uh, so so Chad was telling me earlier today, um, or I was telling Chad earlier today, returning to Gatorback seems kind of nostalgic for, for many of us that were around, like you said, it's been a long time, 15, 16, 17 years ago when the series last went to Gatorback, of course. So uh, you would have been racing obviously in 2006 when the series last went there. What do you remember about Gatorback? Chad said, some things are similar, some things will be different, but what do you remember from back then? So I remember being super hard packed. Uh, I went there, I signed up to race. I believe I wrecked in practice and uh, got hurt before the race. So I didn't even get to race it. Oh uh, but I remember, it was 06. It would have been my uh, rookie year on big bikes. On a 450, so, yeah. Yep. Yep. All 05 off and just rode local stuff. And then went 06, went back to nationals. And it, uh, man, it, the track I remember being pretty cool. It was super hard packed. Uh, had some cool elevation, which is me thinking about living here in Florida. And then that, that track had some kind of elevation in it is uh, weird. That's pretty there is zero elevation. Like right. you get a hundred feet across the state. So it's, it, it was really cool. I remember it being a really cool track. I know the, uh, like the mini O's go there every year and Chad's Chad said the track's even better now. I think they keep working on it. It It's a really cool place. I wish I would have got to race there and have memories, but I, I do remember seeing the old videos and that starts kind of like iconic there. Uh, I don't think it's even known for that, but that's what sticks out in my head is between that finish line, jumping to flat and then the start coming right into the same same mm-hmm. straight away yeah. sweeping around that's that's pretty cool uh i believe it's still the same way from what i've seen in the mini o's videos so mm-hmm. but yeah it's uh it's a good viewing track from what i remember too like on the sidelines you can kind of see the whole track from the side it kind of runs like i said there's elevation so it kind of runs along the side of this like slight hill yeah yep is that, is that kind of what you remember it too? It is. It is. That's how I remember it. Um, like you said, the videos are iconic. And I, when I think back to that era of racing and for so many of us, you know, you and I aren't that, that far different in age necessarily. And you know, that era, like when we're that age, right. You, you just, you hold all of those memories up on a pedestal. I feel like even as, as fans looking up to, to the pro racers of the time and whatever. And, uh, and yeah, I think of, I think of Gatorback, I think of Danville, Virginia, Birch Creek. I think of Echikani, like there's just some tracks that are just legendary. Right. And, and to me, it's probably oh. just because they were the tracks that were always on the, on the schedule in that era. Right. But Gatorback is very much one of those for me. Uh, it's one of those DVDs, you know, that I used to wear out when I was a kid watching Gatorback and watching those guys on that hard pack track. And I just think that it's cool. It's fitting for ATV motocross, the nationals to go back to Gatorback. I think that's super cool. Cause how many times have we pounded the table for, you know, wanting the series to go to tracks that really want to have us. It sounds like that's exactly what Gatorback is. Not only do they have a connection to the, to the, the past of the sport, our, our history of our sport, but also Chad said the exact same thing to me that they're stoked that they want to make the track better and better and better for ATVs, make a, a great racing track for everybody. And it, it sounds like, especially with everybody living and staying in Florida 
in the off season. I mean, what a great place to kick off the, the, the amateur season opener there uh, near Gainesville. I mean, what a, what an awesome, awesome thing. So I didn't know what your memories were going to be from back in the day there. Maybe they could have been a little bit better, uh, but either way, man, it's going to be, it's going to be really cool to go back to, to Gatorback. Oh, for sure, man. It, it's uh, it, it, like you said, it's iconic for track and sport. And I, I think it's awesome because I remember back in the day, I don't remember if we were going from Georgia to Gatorback or we went Gatorback to Echicani. Okay. Or was it two floor tracks? But either way, it was like a week and we everybody stayed in there. So it's kind of cool that Daytona's happening. And I'm hoping that the, a lot of the amateurs are going to come watch Daytona and then use that week and a half to stay and ride in Florida and train and get ready for the first race. So I feel like that's what a lot did back then, except for they did round one, struggled through it, and then stayed in Florida because that's what it was. We did it. We did Gatorback first. I don't know where we were headed second, but it was somewhere east, southeast coast. And mm-hmm. man, it that that like that whole week was really cool for me because that was one of the few times that was before I traveled all the time racing. So I'm hoping to get to see a lot of people just in the state of Florida training the, that time between. Hopefully they come watch Daytona, whether they're racing one of the classes that is racing. Or if they're just coming to watch and then staying, training, and getting ready for Gator back. Because, like, that was a huge part of my childhood there. It was, you know, 16 years old, just got on big bikes, wrecked at Gator back. But then I got to stay at Waldo, and, like, there was other pros around. So you got to see these, like, you got to see these pros, like, at local tracks riding, which unless you knew one of them from they were near your hometown, you never saw them. Exactly. And cool to see them during the week riding. So I'm, I'm hoping that – uh it's going to turn out something similar to that. And people are going to get to experience that. Exactly. I have the same exact memories of, you know, staying, living at Waldo for the off season. And, you know, you, you see, you know, Chad or, or you Thomas, or one of those guys pull into the pits that day. It's like, you're watching what they're, you know, exactly what they're doing. I was just thinking about this yesterday, how, you know, you, I would literally, when I was younger, looking up to pros, guys like you, you know, I I'd see you guys across the track or we'd be on the gate while you guys are on the racetrack. And I'm like, man, my heroes are right there. You know, like, uh, what a, what an awesome, what an awesome and like authentic, uh, raw, like emotion that is as a young kid, you know, cause I looked up, I, I say this to people from time to time, but I looked up to the ATV pros, like they were like, they were NFL stars or, or NBA stars or, or, you know, the president, right. I mean, it didn't matter to me, like ATV, you know, pros were the, were the cream of the crop to me. They were, that was the pinnacle. So, um, you're exactly right to kind of mingle, to have all the ATV community in one area, uh, mingling pros, mingling against amateurs or amongst amateurs. Um, all that stuff is just a really cool thing to think about. And again, I often think like these memories that you're kind of remembering right now and, and myself as well, there's younger kids making those memories right now with all their favorite pros and uh, their favorite riders. So that's a fun thing to think about. We'll get right back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors. And thank you for listening to these ads. Without these great companies, none of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us. We used to speak of a CST takeover, but now 2022 is the year of CST supremacy. CST's Pulse MXR tires are the choice of Joel Hetrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, and Nick Janusa, meaning CST tire riders are in contention for pro-class wins and a possible podium sweep every time they hit the racetrack. CST tires are also the official tire choice of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, but you already knew that. 
I, your host Cody Jansen, help pioneer the CSD takeover with Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears on my way to back-to-back national championships and a pro sport podium to cap off the 2021 season. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offer the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Did I mention they offer contingency payouts as well? Visit shop.csd tires to join the CSD takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. Joel Hattrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Nick Janusa, myself, and so many more believe and trust in CSD tires. Do you? You already know we're Team Blue Crew now more than ever here at the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. And whether it's eight time and reigning ATVMX Pro Class National Champion Chad Weenan, who with his next championship will become the winningest champion in ATV motocross history, or seven-time and current XC1 Pro ATV GNCC National Champion Walker Fowler, who is now tied for second all-time in titles one, it's clear the podium-proven Yamaha YFZ450R is the winning choice of sport ATVs. This continued and unprecedented success for the Yamaha YFZ450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the undisputable fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has resulted in an ever-growing Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Best yet, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program is back and stronger than ever here in 2022, meaning Yamaha riders will once again cash in on payouts and prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com, follow them at Yamaha Outdoors on social media, and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. SSI decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Weenan, the company quickly took off, and today you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and oh yeah, six-time world champion top fuel drag racer Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID and their wide range of championship winning chains. From the street to the track and everywhere in between, DID chains are designed to give you the optimal riding experience with great performance and increased chain life. Consistent to the core, pick up your box of reliability today. DID, what drives you? We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Namira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Namira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, industry-leading top-end repair kits, and recently added connecting rods, visit your local dealer or online at www.namira.com. Namira Technologies your one-stop shop engine component supplier. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV components. 
Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals and cylinders, shock and suspension parts, winches, clutch kits, valves, carb kits, bearing kits, and drive chain parts, Bronco is your hard parts source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world, visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. Thomas, before we get out of here, I'd love to chat about Daytona for a few minutes. You know Daytona very well, obviously. You nearly won the event in 2020. It came right down to the wire there. Um, so how difficult is Daytona specifically trying to balance the emotions of a new season and a new opportunity and an off-season worth of pent-up energy, all while knowing that you have to be smart at that opening round of a championship because, you know, that championship can't be won at the opener, but they always say it theoretically could be lost. So I feel like Daytona is a balancing act, especially for you guys that are up at the front racing for wins and podiums. It's a little bit of a calculated risks, right? You know, you're trying to win the thing or you're trying to put it on the box, but you also don't want to land yourself upside down. So I feel like that's got to be a balancing act and you would know better than most what that's like. Oh, for sure. It's uh, definitely a balancing act. And luckily, Daytona doesn't determine your series because uh, I only finished on the box there a couple times throughout all the years I went. Um, and yeah, in 2020, I was really close. And with that being said, is it's it's one moto. It's one moto's points. It's only 25 points up for grabs. That's right. And everybody's coming in with all this energy and everybody's ready to show what they got. But it's on a track that we're not racing the rest of the year. And it's tighter. It's real start dependent. And like I said, it's, it's only 25 points. We get 50 points every other weekend. per. We get 25 per moto. This is half the point you can max grab out of any other race. So it's only worth half the value of any other race. So with that being said is, yeah, if you get hurt there, you, you risked more than you should have for half the points. So it, it's hard not to. You do want to go out there and show what you got. You want to say good time. You want to set a precedence for where, where you are at and see where you stack up. But at the same time, it's a shorter moto. It's a tighter track, which makes it more start dependent. It, it's it's not the end all be all, but at the same time, it's Daytona. You want to go out there and show what you got. So you you don't want to lay up. You just gotta you gotta manage that risk a little bit. So like I, I tell my guys whenever they came there when I was still training guys and stuff, and try to and try to remind myself too is like, hey, this is like almost treat it like a warm up. Like you want to see where you're at. You want to go good. You don't want to leave any points on the table, mm -hmm. but don't take that extra risk. When we get to Gator back in two weeks, that's when you want to let it rip. That's when you want to let it shine. Uh, and if you can come out of Daytona with a win, great. You, you, you're three points up. It's still three points on everybody else, and you got yourself a little points margin. But if you don't, it's not the end of it. And it's, uh, it's nothing to take away from Daytona because Daytona itself is such a big stage. It's so cool. So – it, it to me it kind of equals out like i'm going to give it everything i had every time i hit the track as, as any of, of us course. do yeah you don't want to lose in that first one but at the same time to walk like i always wanted one of them dang wakeboards right yep. and uh man that was uh in 2020 i thought i had it too but it you know it, it's hard because if you can walk away with daytona win you won daytona so it's with me saying all the other stuff is that it kind of goes out the window whenever you're out there <laughs> you want to go but it's it's the biggest thing I can say is when everybody's out there, they're probably going for it. They're going for wins. Uh, me and Joel got into it that my last year, and they cost me a lot of points. And, man, I was furious at Joel because he he risked a lot on both of us for a mere two points on a whole series ahead of us. 
And I was mad. Like I was furious and I hit him in the whole shot. And I'm sure he was furious with me then too. So on the, in the heat race and it, it just, it's hard to go back. But at the same time, when I was out there, I was going for it. Cause I wanted to win. I, I, I wanted to walk away with it. The only thing I could say whenever I was on the drive home is I was, I was pissed, but at the same time, it was one moto. If I would have had a second moto there and I would have came out and got a top three in it, and then I would average to a fourth or fifth, I would only been down, you know, not near as many points or, you know, I was sitting ninth in points. I would have been sitting, you know, fourth or fifth in points if I would have had a second moto. So I guess the big thing is, is it's easier when you're on the way home to go, okay, I had a bad weekend. And it's really easy on the way home if you had a great weekend to, point out the highlights mm-hmm. of course well you know you you wanted to get that win there but it's pretty cool to have podiumed and stand in that winter circle at daytona right i can't imagine what that's like i mean that setting is so cool and like you said it's half points but at the same time when you get in there and it's like a village and there's a stadium around you and the lights are on and it's freaking daytona you know these historic hollowed grounds I think, like you said, I think your brain almost shuts off and it's like, man, I, I want to, I want to win. I want a podium. I want to, whatever the goal is. Um, but there's just something special about Daytona. And a lot of these guys are going to be feeling those emotions next Tuesday. So Thomas, you are here promoting, uh, this, this riding school, right? So I helped you promote your deal. I'm going to have you help me promote mine. So we're going to put you on the spot here. We're going to assemble your digging deep ATV fantasy squad for the opener right here live. I'm going to put you right on the spot here. So we're going to, uh, select your team for the opener. So your first pick of your four rider squad, your tier one rider, which is what, you know, is a win contenders, right? Your so your three, cho- your three choices, our Joel Hattrick, who's a two-time winner, Chad Weenan, the winningest rider ever in Daytona ATV Supercross history, five-time winner, and the near winner last year, Brandon Hogue, is your your tier one selections. Who's going to be your uh, your first addition to your team? Oh man, everybody knows where I'm going with this. It is uh, I'd lose a friendship if I didn't say it, but I do. <laughs> believe, uh, I got to go with Chad, man. He uh, he had a horrible Daytona last year. I asked him, I saw videos and I asked what he was doing out there when he's spinning around <laughs> the corner. I, like I'll give him, I'll give him more crap now than I did when I raced. So I, I think he'll bounce back this year, man. I think he's, he's going for it. He he looks great on the quad. So I'm, I'm going to give him props. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to go with him just, uh, not only just, I think he's, I think he's going to pull something out. I think it's going to be a great battle. Like all three of them hope about hope should have won it last year. Uh, and, and you can't count Joel out. So it's, uh, I think you got a great top tier there, but like I said, I'm, uh, I'm going to go for my boy Weenan. Yeah. Well, hard to pick against the guy that's won five times and, and notoriously he comes out at that opener and just seems like he's grabbed another gear in the off season. And I think that that's why Brandon belonged in there too. He damn near won the thing last year. Uh, I could see, I it's not out of the realm of, you know, of possibility of, of to, to realistically see him win this thing again. You know, he wants to come out. He said that on the show, he wants to come out and uh, kind of right some wrongs there. So yeah, so that's a, Great pick to start your team there with Chad Weenan. Joining him, so your tier two rider, your podium threat, your options here are Bryce Ford, Nick Janusa, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Max Lindquist, Wesley Wolf. Who are you going to pick there in tier two? Oh, man. It, I'll tell you what, tier two has been quiet. Um, it has. As as, like, yes. social media, everybody else, like, and, uh, honestly, everybody's been a little quiet this year. I think Hogue might be the most uh, – social friendly so it's kind of been roles reversed but you haven't seen much from uh any of the guys but tier two i'm like man who's been looking good and oh man that's uh that's a tough choice because those guys you know 
in my my opinion, nothing against Hogue, but Chad and Joel, same when I was racing, is they they had everybody covered a little bit. But Hogue is definitely a pinner, and it, you know you could replace Hogue with any of those guys. You could yeah. you could write the wrong, but Hogue did step up last year. Yeah. He got thirty points, and he he proved himself. And like you said, at Daytona itself, he was ahead. So I think you're right with putting him up there. For Daytona specifically, right? I mean, after yeah. that, we'll see what happens. But we couldn't have Hogan tier two because every single person would pick him, you know? Yeah, no, no, for sure. And then I'm I'm thinking start dependent. So I'm trying to think which one of those guys is going to get a good start. Who's been working? And then, like, and then I'm like, okay, so who's been working? Who, who have I seen? And I haven't <laughs> seen anything from any of them. Well, uh, Bryce, I feel like we've seen some stuff from Bryce, right? I, and it's funny that you said that because I've been getting messages lately uh, from people signing up for the game saying, hey, man, like, I, I feel like I'm not seeing a ton from these guys, though I feel like we have seen uh, a good amount of videos from Bryce. Yeah, I, I, right there is that I they, they seem to have changed their compound up a good bit. So, yeah. man, and then it seems like he's putting the work in. When he says he's, he says that he's fired up, right? I mean, a year ago at this time, he didn't even know if he was going to race a week or two before the first race. And it was a slow burn and he got back into it as the season went on. It seems like he's fired up, at least at the end of last season, he was fired up with the whole Team USA thing, something you know very well about, but it seemed like he was ripping and ready to go. So uh, I think he's going to probably be a hot pick there. But, you know, uh, Nick Janus has finished on the podium there in the past, Jeffrey a number of times, right? Max did last year. Wesley's done it. I feel like all these guys have basically finished on the podium at this race at, at one time or another yeah yeah for sure like I, so right now in my head I, I initially thought max and then i'm like because i like max i know he's a hard worker yeah and i'm okay but i don't know what his program's consisting of this year I'm, I'm sure he's got his stuff together but he's been super quiet i haven't seen much from him um and then uh and then bryce like you said we have seen some stuff from him and then where i'm thinking big on bryce is i know that baldwin power like I, that's, that's good. That's kind of my kicker right now is I'm almost leaning towards Bryce just because I know the places start dependent. And I might even go a little bit the same as, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he had a off year last year there. Like it didn't seem, I'm not sure if he finished on the box or not. He didn't finish on the box because the box was Joel, Max, Jeffrey, but I think it was last year that Bryce blew it on the last lap. He was in third, I think. I yeah, think that's we're moving around a lot. Yeah. So it was uh so Max is up there. So then Jeffrey and then Jeffrey, not last year, but prior years to that, he would come out like fastest qualifier and rip it. Man, mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, is right off the rip, I thought Max, and I'm gonna stick with that just because if I'm going on my I think everybody said Bryce gonna be a hot pick, he's fired up, he's gonna come out hot. And I know that he's going to get a good start, so I want to go there. But my first instinct is I heard Max and something clicked. And then as soon as you said it, he got second last year and he was on the box, I'm like, mm -hmm. you know what? They Maybe that will relay him in there. I know he's been in Texas, and I think he just got here to Florida. Um, so my, my choices was Jeffrey, Bryce, or Max. Kind of limited down to them. Nothing against Wesley and Janusa because they're amazing. Of course. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what. Somebody told me a while back on a test, as soon as you see, hear your first answer, you go, that's the answer. Don't switch it. You're Skip exactly and go right. and uh, I thought Max, so I'm going to stick with that. You're exactly right. I feel like so many people that play the game or play, you know, motocross fantasy or, or whatever, Rocky Mountain fantasy, whatever it is, pulp fantasy. Um, you got to stick with that gut. You got to stick with that gut pick, right? The more you think about it, 
the more that you screw it up. So I think that you're yeah. uh, you're on something there. But uh, okay, so your team so far is is Chad Weenan and Max Linquist, tier three. Now this is often you know your six to ten guys, seven to ten, eight to ten, somewhere in there. So your your selections here, your your options here are Logan Stanfield, who's always seemingly at the top of this tier, uh, Cody Ford, Zach Decker. Um, who we know is going to come in uh, all fired up with a bunch of laps under his belt. Michael Allred, your guy, and Kevin Saar, the the guy that so many people are talking about. I think he's a guy that could be up in the mix. So, again, your options, Stanfield, Cody Ford, Zach Decker, uh, Michael Allred, or Kevin Saar. Who are we going to put there in Tier 3? That one's simple for me. It's all about Stark, and there's only one person that I would trust. Stark, Allred. Yeah, you're right. Start start top three more often than anybody else that isn't named Chad or Joel. Hey, from the and outside too. He, he he's not scared. Like it almost and actually half the starts like that year I worked for him mm-hmm. in his rookie year, he yeah. would have ripped more starts that year if he would have qualified better because he's coming from the outside and he wrecked multiple times because he got pushed off the track. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he would have ripped even more starts. So it's it's dead simple. It's nothing to even do with speed. I'm not even thinking about speed is that I'm thinking hard to pass. In the last category, nobody stuck out in starts. Those guys were hit or miss all year on starts. Yep. This one, there's a clear start favorite, and it is all red. Hey, Hopefully the other worked on it, but he is the clear favorite to me just because of starts and being Daytona. And he was so good last year. Before he got he, hurt, man, he he blows my mind every year how much better he gets, right? He's made some some massive steps each year. Uh, we saw his campaign got ended a little early last year with the with the crash that he took, you know, back home practicing. But man, he was he's been consistent not only with the starts, but running up inside the top 10. Like he's not, he's, he's impressed me every year out and continued to impress me. So that's not a bad pick. I mean, yes, he's a great starter, but across the board, that's a, that's a really solid safe pick. I mean, that's a safe pick. I always think with, with, uh, with Michael, you always know what you're getting, right? He's going to do all the laps. He's going to ride consistent. He's not going to do anything too crazy and he's going to get a good start on top of it. So he makes a perfect pick for ATV fantasy. Absolutely. I, I get on Mike sometimes because he's too consistent. I'm like, I, I want you to hang it out. And that you know the guy's got a heart of gold. He called me after he broke his back. He's like, I think I should go roll around this weekend. So maybe I, I said, stop, Mike. Just you, Your back's broken. Stay home. Like, yeah. like let, let's get healed up. It, dude's heart of gold. Um, and, yeah, it, it, he's, he's going to be consistent. Right? Not only going to get a good start, he's going to run consistent laps. And he's going to hit his marks. And that's going to keep him up front out there. So I, I really believe is if he can get a decent qualifying spot, and be somewhere where he can get a decent gate pick, or depending on how the start turns out, if how one-sided it is or not, mm-hmm. he's good. Yeah, uh, agreed for sure. So the T-Brown team uh, is coming together now. Chad Weenan, Max Linquist, now Michael Allred. So now we're going into Tier 4, the last addition to your team. These are guys shooting for the top 10 oftentimes. So your options here are Vince Merman, Cesar Jimenez, uh, Marshall Smith, Zach Harris, and then we got some of our rookies. So Dane Molander, Aaron Salinas, Adam Alrick, and Andrew Shaddle. So again, Vince Merman, Cesar Jimenez, uh, Marshall Smith, Zach Harris, Dane Molander, Aaron Salinas, Adam Alrick, or Andrew Shaddle. Who are we going to pick there in tier four? Man, that's a mix up, but I got to go with the Texas boy, Aaron Salinas. Yeah, good call. 
just simple. Just uh, you got to go Texas there. So I haven't had any other Texas boys. I missed two of them and the other one. So I had to go one. Yeah, there you go. I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be fun having those rookies in there. I mean, there's guys there that obviously have some serious speed, right? When you're talking about those new additions to the class, but also it makes it, uh, makes it interesting because you know, these rookies aren't always the most consistent guys ever. Uh, oh. that, that being said, I think that Aaron really is. I think if you're going to, you're going to put money on a safe pick here, Aaron's the same, the same guy that pops out to me too that you know what you're going to get from him i mean it's always a new whole new endeavor in the pro class and probably more nerves and and all those things finding your footing in there but i think that you know what you're going to get from from aaron selena so i think that that's a pretty safe pick but again it's always exciting to see these new kids uh, jump up into this class. I mean, we're obviously going to see, I would think as the season goes on here, we're going to see Aaron Salinas. So we're going to see Dane Molander and some of those guys jump up into tier three. Right. I mean, but right now kicking things off, they, we got to see them do it before we can uh, move them up a couple tiers, but that's going to be really fun to watch. I think some of the rookies are are going to be the funnest, the funnest guys to watch in this class, especially here at the beginning of the season, because man, you don't know, you don't know necessarily where they're going to fit in. I think that we have an idea, but again, you put them all together in the pro class and a bunch of faster guys and whatever, man, it uh, makes things fun to watch. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, just look, uh, I mean, you go rookies, look back just a few years ago with Bryce making his rookie debut. Exactly. Fourth place. Like it's, he could easily be up there and not too far from the podium. Any of those guys could, could jump in there and it doesn't matter. The pro class does not matter. Or how am I going to say this is, you got to be a successful amateur, but when you get to the pro class, it changes everything. I mean, Chad is the perfect example of that, and he's he's one off, but he came in with nothing, and then uh, a lot of the other guys are all past pro am champions. Mm-hmm. But man, at the same time, is it it just takes one to change that, and that lining up on that gate is a different mindset than any other point in your career. Exactly, guys come in with the right mindset, and they just keep focusing and putting their head down. You you. you just really don't know where they could end up mm-hmm. and it takes one good race to get that confidence no you're so right i think uh i remember back to the the early days of this atv supercross thing at daytona and just being scared to death that i was not going to qualify thomas i was so scared you know because we had some big classes back then there was you know 26 yeah. 27 28 guys at one of those races and uh and thankfully it wasn't an issue and you're actually part of one of my very my, probably my favorite daytona memory because i got third in my heat race and you must have got second or third and i rolled to the gate behind you and i'm like man like you know it was name whoever it was would have been in front of me it was like hetrick natalie you bird and somebody else i think chad chad was in the lcq so he was behind me but uh but man to to roll to the gate behind you man it was like a dream come true i'm like man i'm behind thomas i'm rolling into you know i'm in daytona we got the stadium around me so uh you're part of a special memory for me there but man that was a lot of fun your your team man on paper looks pretty legit. You know, the, the T Brown team of Weenan, Linquist, Allred and Salinas. I mean, I like the look of that. It, it, uh, that's, that might be the team to beat. Who knows? Uh, you know, it's, uh, let's hope so. It's hopefully maybe some of my experience over the years. Maybe we're <laughs> somewhere. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's weird choosing that because it was so long. I mean, some of those guys I didn't race, you know, so yeah. like choosing and choosing Aaron. Okay. That's, that's me being a fan. Um, that tier two and tier one group, those are the more experienced guys. Those are the guys I raced. And that's, uh, it, it, it's hard to choose. Um, <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing is stepping back from racing and being out of it. 
I look at things totally differently and I am, I, I feel like I'm very realist as people ask, like when I'm on the job and stuff now, I was like, Oh, well, why weren't you number one? Well, I wasn't good enough. It was Chad and Joel were better me. And it, it, it was no excuse. And it was hard for me to think of it when I was racing. But after I stepped away is I left everything on the table and those guys were good with me as uh, or better than me and everybody else I was battling with. And man, it was all about hard work, but taking a step back now, I really get to look at it out from the outside perspective. Those guys were better than me. These guys were similar to me, but they all have still have the opportunity to change that. And I, I hope they do. Cause I would love to see more guys up there battling with Chad and Joel um, props to the, you know, those two alone is they have, they've changed the way ATV racing is just speed wise in general. And, but I would love to see the, the class grow and get more competition up there with them. And I think uh, the class is stacked right now. I think there's plenty of guys that can make some stabs up there. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I think that you're, uh, you're hitting the nail on the head there. There's definitely some blind confidence that comes with any athlete, right? I mean, you obviously always think you can, you always think you're going to, you're going to do it next weekend. I mean, that's just something that athletes tell themselves. It's, it's part of your wiring. It's not even a, a conscious thing that you're trying to convince yourself. It's just part of your being as an athlete. That being said, Thomas, I hope that when you're telling people about, you know, your professional career, I hope that you're telling people that, man, the two guys that were beating you, were like the two greatest ever, two of the greatest ever, right? I mean, that's that is part of the story, Thomas. Yeah, no, no, most definitely. I no, I, I mean, I, I leave it to myself. If they want to learn a little bit about it, it's cool. Um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of my career. Like, and that's it. Is it's really cool is to step back. I got to race a, I got to race a quad for 12 years professionally. My first career as an adult was racing a boiler, where I made paid my own bills, made my own way, and made my own name for myself. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. I'm proud to be a part of the ATV community. Uh, the small part of hopefully the history I am with, uh, with my results and stuff. And hopefully I've left an impression on there is I'm, I'm very proud of that. And I wanted the whole time throughout my career, I know I wanted to be a part of it and I wanted to help the sport grow. And hopefully I got to help that a little bit. And just with that being said, is I'm, I'm proud of the whole sport. I'm, try, I'm proud to be, have, be a part of it and hopefully to continue to help it some. Yeah, man, you should be proud. You should be proud. You, uh, you put together an awesome career and, uh, man, this has been so much fun. This has been, uh, this has been an absolute blast I, talking to the listeners here. I hope that you'll join us in playing ATV fantasy at, uh, atvfantasy.com. You can sign up today, start assembling your team just like Thomas did here, but yeah, it really gets the juices flowing there. And like I said, this has been, uh, so, so fun, such a great conversation. Uh, I can't thank you enough for joining me to talk about all this stuff, talk about the school, Thomas and everything else in between there. Obviously, uh, two of our lucky listeners are going to get a chance to join you down there, courtesy of 88 Live ride which is awesome and then on behalf of us at digging deep thomas again we uh wishing you all the best with your job uh brandy and yourself becoming parents we can't uh can't wish you enough great things with that and um everything else across the board buddy i can't thank you enough for joining us and i don't know if you're going to be are you going to be at uh either daytona or gatorback for the races are you going to be at either of those so i'm really bummed is i cannot be at Ga uh, daytona because i got school that day okay uh be perfect i was going to school but i got a big test that week and i just can't miss it um okay. I'm, I'm not the smartest student so me missing days is pretty tough so i gotta i gotta be at school on daytona but i got somebody i was supposed to work as far as gator back but i'll be there all weekend nice uh back race so i do get to come be a part of that one i'm bummed i'm not gonna be at daytona but as far as the first amateur round and the first real round one i will be there so i'm super excited we're gonna do the school and then along with that is if uh, I'll be around all weekend at Gatorback. If anybody if anybody has a question, especially any of the riders that enter the school, be feel free to ask. 
and uh, looking forward to being there and, you know, being back at a race. It's been a, I didn't get to go to any last year, so excited to see everybody, ready to see some good racing. Are you making it to either of the first two, Cody? I don't, I don't think so. We're really trying to make the 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 Daytona for sure, right? I mean, that makes so much sense to be the the opener. Uh, my wife had some work stuff come up that she wasn't going to be able to miss, so uh, a little harder to justify a trip by myself, right? If we're going to spend the money to do it, but uh, so I don't know that I'm going to be at either of those two. I said to Chad earlier today that I would love to be at Gatorback, just like I said to you earlier, with that nostalgic you know, kind of nature that comes along with that. So I will not miss, I'd like to think we're going to be at both of those next year, but for sure, uh, I don't want to miss Gatorback. I mean, what a, what a cool thing. I mean, to, to kind of an ode to our childhood, right? Like you talked about, it's just a special place. I think it will be for so many people our age. Um, but Thomas, the reason why I asked is because, uh, you know, these, these conversations that we had when we first kind of started the podcast, they kind of aligned with the, the end of your career there. And we had such great conversation. I mean, this is so much fun. And the thing with you, Thomas, is you don't necessarily, I mean, it's hard for me to find people that are going to shoot me straight that aren't, uh, don't have an allegiance to somebody, right. Or that, you know, they gotta, they gotta talk about so-and-so because you know, that's who they work with or whatever. And that's not necessarily where you're at right now with your life and your career. So, um, following that Gatorback race, if you'd be willing to come on and, and chat about the races with us, man, that would be, that would be amazing if you'd be up for that. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to come on and shoot the, shoot the crap with y'all and, uh, tell great. you my opinion. Like I said, it's, uh, you, you nailed it on the head as I know I have any, uh, no more ties anywhere, and I'll tell you what I think. And and even uh, you know, everybody's gonna say I probably have a allegiance to Chad, which I do, but I'm probably uh similar to when I was myself. I'm probably as hard as critic now. You're tough as critic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I ain't gonna let him slide. He uh, he deserves. I he he should be winning as as long as all those guys do. So don't take that the wrong way to anybody else. But mm -hmm. I'm gonna give him if he wants to win, he should win, and uh, <laughs> I'll give him crap with the rest of them. But yeah, I would love to be a part of it. Uh, come That's on good. and tell you my. And it would be the first time I've been to a race since I stopped racing where I wasn't working because the other ones I was working for Mike. So I was in the pit boarding. Mm -hmm. And, uh, this time I'm, I told, uh, Chris asked me if I wanted to do it for Mike again. And I said, no, I said, man, I'm, I want to come and enjoy the race. I said, if you need anything, I'll be there for you. Mm -hmm. uh, cause Chris Hunt was a huge part of my program for a long time. And, uh, of course, yeah. but as far as uh, I want to come, I want to enjoy it. So hopefully I'll actually be watching from the, uh, stands with Chris and everybody else there. And, uh, give me, give myself a good view of everything and watch the racing and see what action we have. Yeah, man, let's plan on that. That'll be a lot of fun to talk about the racing after uh, all the dust settles down there at Gatorback. But uh, Thomas, thank you so much again for for your time. Thanks for uh, chatting about the event that you guys coming up and everything that that you kind of did to, to get us involved, right? Talking about on our on our show, allowing us to announce these two lucky winners of this free ride, uh, free training, uh, courtesy of 88 Live to Ride. And again, pal, we're just wishing you all the best. And man, uh, looking forward to talking to you in a couple of weeks after uh, all the dust settles on this stuff man i'm looking forward to too i appreciate you having this platform i got to break my retirement here with you and uh yeah, now so it's been uh it's been great uh man you keep doing a great job i look forward to talking to you and man uh, awesome job cody you keep it up and hope to see everybody at gator back and everybody that's racing daytona good luck you're the best, buddy. We appreciate it so much. That's Thomas Brown making his return to Digging Deep, brought to you by Blenders Eyewear and BlendersEyewear.com. See you, buddy. Thanks so much. See y'all.
All right, guys, back here with Tyler Hamrick on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast brought to you by Factory 43. Uh, shout out to Thomas Brown for joining us there. Man, he's been uh, so good on the show. It brought back good memories from a couple of years ago when we were covering the end of his career there, having him here. Uh, <clears throat> shout out to Debbie Bartosik as well. 88 Live to Ride offering up those two free passes to the Wien and T. Brown Riding School at Gatorback next weekend. That's going to be super cool. Again, you can sign up by emailing us at info at Digging Deep ATV mx.com today and if you have any questions about the school and or the sunday race training day uh, you can direct those emails to weenan motorsports rider at gmail.com hammy give me your favorite memory or memory <clears throat> you have from racing chad weenan or thomas brown to be honest racing chad weenan i I can't say i have a favorite memory because i was nowhere ever near him on the track <laughs> maybe High point 2015, I came out third in the whole shot, and that was as close as I've ever been to him and Joel in yeah. a race. I was going to say, I whole, I whole um, shot at him once, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, same with same with Thomas. I, I may have been in front of him a handful of times in the three years that I raced pro, but yeah. I, I would say I, I liked following those two the most. If I could latch on to anyone in the time qualifying when I was – in the pro class, it was always those two because, you know, you know, Chad was going to go fast. He's going to be one of the top two fastest. And then Thomas, I, I just like the different lines and the way he kind of approached the track. And he was, I don't want to say easier to latch on to, but I could latch on to him a little easier for a couple corners. And it was felt comfortable riding behind him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I pulled the whole shot on him once in 2011 at Malvern. <laughs> and maybe led him for nice. like three quarters of a lap. So, that may be my favorite memory on TV, and I got pictures to prove. It's nice. I like it. I would have thought in what year did you finish fifth in a moto at Millville? 2015. And that was, I think something may have happened to Thomas on the last lap because I don't know if he got fourth or he got sixth. All I know he was is right, he was, he I, was right around you. That's why. That's yeah, why but I, I did not there. see him the entire moto. I was <laughs> <Okay>. just <laughs> hanging on for dear life. I think I had Joe Bird and Vitell behind me okay. and i just remember looking back and i just seen joe every time and i was just like i gotta stay so far away from this guy so he doesn't punt me yeah. and <laughs> oh, yeah good times. yeah i don't I, I never seen thomas that whole moto and i ended up getting fifth got it well uh let's start to shift our focus then back to daytona and uh, as we have story time going on here uh remind you of a little story that i'm certain i told a couple of years ago on the podcast you probably know exactly where i'm going the year was 2015 it was the first ever daytona supercross john natale was leading uh, i get out of his way a little <laughs> bit right i get out of his way just a little bit to you know i'm getting lapped which i mean whatever we were right around the top 10 so we were doing we were doing just fine i was in 10th at the time i give way to the to the leader as i'm supposed to and lo and behold my buddy tyler hamrick tucks in right behind him and takes the spot away from me and was at the end of the race obviously there was like a lap left or something and hammy finishes 10th i finished 11th i was so mad but yeah hammy that uh that i haven't forgot about that one yet oh, neither neither <laughs> have i honestly it's honestly that's just like some some cooper webb racecraft right there yeah. Uh, I was thinking about this yesterday when I knew I was coming on. I was going to say that the guys that are racing that who may be getting lapped in, in a battle, like Tuck in. pay attention for that. Yeah. Like if, if you are behind the guy and you're trying to get by him and you see him go wide, like, and that leader goes by you, pounce. There's no real rules on that. 
whether it's dirty it's, or not, it's really hey, not even yeah, dirty. Yeah, it's a it's a little you know it's a little shady, but yeah, you're right. Nobody's nobody's gonna penalize you for it. That's the truth. And yeah, I don't know what's crazy is in that moment. I've never I never had thought about doing that before. But when he <laughs> when Natalie passed me and I looked up and I seen you going way wide, I was like, oh yeah, this is my time. Yeah. So lappers, pay attention out there because you could you could crack the top ten from. Right. A situation like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I mean, as a, I was a second year pro then, right. A second year full-time pro and still at that time, especially because, and maybe it's different. Not everybody looks up to those top pros as much as I did, but you know, they were still, John Natale was my hero from a decade earlier. Right. So yeah, that, that was really tough. Like I didn't want to get in anybody's way. I didn't want to, you know, whatever, have me be a reason that the race got messed up. And then then yeah, I, I think I learned my lesson uh, there. I, not that anybody ever got, I mean, unless you crashed, you didn't get lapped anywhere but Daytona because the lap time yeah. is short. But uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I was not going to let that ever happen again. So I figured we uh, had to touch on that. At least it's a, it's a fun story there. So something I want to do is mention each and every rider as we get set for Daytona here, uh, something we did last year, something I was super proud of. So I was thinking we can break down our batches of riders based on their grouping and digging deep ATVMX fantasy. I think that that makes the most sense to me. And, you know, it's kind of fitting because you signed up for ATV fantasy just a few days ago, Hammy. So it's going to be fun. You haven't played with us yet, but this is going to be fun for you. And yeah, it's crazy. When, when you look at these riders and you're having to choose, you're having to try to predict what's going to happen at these races, man, it, uh, doesn't get any easier. That's for sure. And I feel like it's that much harder this year. The classes class seems stacked to me. I feel like we say that every year, but I think it just gets a little more stacked, a little harder pr to predict every year. Yeah. I've, um, I'm really excited to do this. I should have jumped in last year, but, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited to get me kind of more acquainted with some of these other riders that I may not know. And, mm -hmm. you know, I like fantasy football. I love do the pulp next fantasy. So why not yeah. do ATV motocross fantasy and, uh, yeah. Well, you're saying tiers two, three, and four are kind of like, I think that's the money makers right there. Mm -hmm. It is where the points are going to come. It is. I feel like, feel like some of those, those lower tiers are the ones that kind of make or break, you know, kind of make or break a team, right? They're, they're harder to predict. I've said it <clears throat> over and over and over again on the show here that I'm so proud of that because before, you know, you'd watch the battle for at the front and you might watch the battle for a podium. And then, then you might not be watching the rest of the class necessarily. Well now, and I've, I've said from the beginning, the more digging deep as a whole, the more, you know, the more you care, the more educated you are, the more you care about the, about the, the racing going on. So this way you're paying attention to every single rider. You're having to predict how every single rider is going to have to do at the races. It's so much fun. Uh, I think it's enhanced the, the, you know, the, the racing and the, the fan experience for all of our ATV racing enthusiasts out there exponentially. I really do. So we're going to talk about the riders, not necessarily fantasy wise, but you can think about fantasy as we go here for anybody that hasn't signed up yet. You can sign up today at atvfantasy.com. It's very simple. We talk about it each week. It's a $25 sign up fee. You get to play the whole year. You get to choose a new team every week. We give away prizes every week. We give away prizes at the end of the year. We do sign stuff tire sets, prizes that are hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And, th and then again, stuff that's priceless. Signed jerseys from Chad Weenan have been uh, upper grabs each and every year. Joel Hetrick stuff, uh, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Bryce Ford. I mean, go down the list. So we got all kinds of stuff and you don't even have to be good at the game to, to win stuff. We do some random giveaways as well, which is fun. So let's start with our tier one. Again, we're not necessarily talking just fantasy. We're going to, you know, kind of discuss these riders 
talk about where they're at going into the the new season and this ninth annual Daytona ATV Supercross. And the cool thing too that I've really enjoyed about ATV Fantasy Hammy is inside of ATV Fantasy we keep all these stats, stats that don't necessarily exist anywhere else right so i'm looking at you know we're looking at our tier one riders here tier one is kind of how we group our our win contenders right and we already said it's for daytona at least it's joel hattrick chad weenan and brandon hogue that's who you're going to choose from you're going to choose one of those riders for your four rider squad but inside of the game it's fun because you know we all know that joel hattrick is a three-time and reigning champion but you know, we, we have the list. So he has 93 career podium finishes. He has 50 career race wins. Uh, he's a two-time event winner at Daytona. So I love kind of keeping, keeping track of those stats inside the game stats that probably aren't being, you know, kind of tracked anywhere else. Um, but kind of going into, so we reached out to every one of these riders. I got answers from most of these riders and Joel gave me a, wrote me a book back, which I loved. He kind of filled us in on the whole off season. He says that his preseason has been stellar. The machine is better than last year. He said Phoenix has really improved the bike. He's certain that he is better than, than years past he says he's better than ever. And for him, the priority is to win this this opener because he wants to hold on to that number one plate and not give it up going into the second race at Gatorback. So how do you feel about Joel Hattrick, Hammy, for Daytona? I mean, he's a he's a guy like I like we said, he kind of got the got the monkey off his back last year and he's going to be exciting to watch. I mean, we know he already said it. Like some guys want to get in and out of Daytona without issue. He wants to win it and hold on to that number one plate. And I feel like that just tells you where Joel is coming into this this new 2023 season. Yeah, he's definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with if he's saying that the bike's better than last year because what would be his third year, second or third year full-time on the Yamaha? Third. Third. Yeah, third. third. So, yeah, he's going to be that much more comfortable with it. And uh, if they had any kinks, I'm sure they've all worked and worked out. That's who, I don't know if we're talking picks, but that's who – going to be my tier one okay for yeah, sure. we'll, we'll have you um, we'll have you assemble your whole team at the end but you can totally give us spoilers as we go here yes i, I hey hammy I, I knew you were going to pick joel hattrick i mean come on i, I know you're okay <laughs> so but i had a question kind of off topic do we know who has the most all-time overall wins in atv across history i don't i just had this conversation i think with with carlson with tom carlson asked me uh, what what those totals look like and i don't know because our our archives you know only go back so far i mean like on the atv motocross site anybody that's you know been on there a good amount knows that like it only goes back to like 2006 oh, yeah. or 2007. You know, that's as far back oh, as seven. those as those details go. You can do some digging on different sites on ATV riders and stuff like that and find stuff from previous to that, but not necessarily tracking anything. So I'm able to I mean, that that 2006-2007 time frame, you know, coincides with the start of Chad Weenan's pro career. So I'm able to track that very easily. We'll never lose track of our current racers, but that's something I really wish I knew. I wish I knew how many, how many wins Gary Denton had or Doug Gust had or Tim Farr had. And I would love to see, I, I, and everybody's argument is that, you know, Chad Weenan and Gary Denton shouldn't be compared. That's fine. If you believe that, but I do wish we knew hmm. how many, how many wins, right? Who do you think has got the most? I would think that Chad's got it. I really do. You know, I, I know that Gary put together a bunch of really, really, really great seasons there. He won eight titles. I just don't know if he won as much as Chad did. I mean, Chad, for those, for that, you know, 2000, 
12, 13, 14 kind of run there. I mean, he won like 80% of the races, you know? So yeah, he was just crazy cranking them out. So I, I just, I have a gut feeling and, and we can bleed right into Chad here as, as we go. I mean, we know he's a, you know, eight time national champ tied for the winningest in titles one with Gary Denton. Like I just said, he's got 132 career podium finishes. He's got 65 career wins. I just, I wonder, I mean, 65, you know, so if you split that up into eight seasons, you know, kind of talking about Gary, I mean, you're going to have to have eight wins a season, eight races a win a year for eight years, but that would just get them about tied, right? That, that would be at yeah. 64. So if he had eight, you know, eight for eight, I mean, that would be a lot of winning for those eight years. That's why. I just have a gut feeling that Chad might, might have it. I really, I really do. Yeah, you would think somewhere we could find these stats that like, what, you know, when was the first ever ATV motocross pro class race? Ronnie Gentry was the first ever ATV GNC champ, four wheeled champs is the best way to put it. That was an 86. But again, we don't have archives that go back that far, at least not, not, you know, tracking each and every, you know, event, but yeah. So let's get into Chad Weenan. He's the most prolific winner, right? In Daytona. ATV Supercross history, five-time event winner. When I talked to Chad, he said that uh, he's got more command of the bike, more command than ever in his program and his riding. He admits that he'll have to see, you know, as we always see with Chad, we'll have to see how the opening races go, kind of play out to see if these adjustments he's made are, are improvements, made things better, totally in the right direction. But he plans to avoid any points deficits like we saw last year that made his job very tough. But he said, if the feeling is right, he has no problem hanging it out. And and I started to go there before when we were talking about our, our storylines and, and which one of these two guys is going to get the, the leg up on the other one. And Chad, just for years, uh, 2018 might be the year that stands out the most to me. But for years, he has just found a way to bring his absolute best at Daytona. Now, some of it is getting a good start and getting out in clean air and sprinting away. But man, there was a lot of years, even recent years, you know, even even recently, you know, he won it in, in 2020 and in 2021, where he just grabs another, like you come out and watch him at that first race. And it's like, man, he's better than ever. He actually got better in the off season. And that's just stuck in my mind. That's why it's so hard for me to pick against him at this first race. I mean, five-time event winner, like, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. It's hard to pick against the guy. Yeah. He definitely seems to have a setup down for Daytona. It's, it's crazy to think about someone could be that dialed in. Honestly, don't know how he does it. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's a living legend, man. I, I told him the other day when we were chatting on the phone, I said, you know, I'm just I'm cherishing these times, you know, these these races with you like you're he's a holdover from the previous generation of ATV racers. And again, like I'm I'm just uh, just cherishing it while we still got the guy because it's not going to be the same when he's gone. So finishing out our tier one, our win contenders, uh, the third guy that you're going to be able to choose from in that and that first tier. And I don't know how many people are going to pick him, but I don't think it's out of the realm possibility like i said earlier brandon hogue he's our 2022 digging deep most improved award winner he's got six podiums to his name he nearly won this race last year he was surely going to be on the podium he was most likely going to be second if he didn't win but he won from from start to when that bike expired uh late in the race leading joel hattrick the whole way and man like we said brandon hogue i i could picture him coming out and winning this first race when we had him on the show 
you know, he didn't want to talk a big game, uh, but deep down, I know he wants to get that revenge. He's a guy that's so competitive. He wants to win and be up front so badly. And I really think that he's got a lot of wind in his sails with this new Yamaha. And, you know, I know that that's the place he wanted to be. So we kind of touched on Brandon already, Hammy. But if you got anything else to add, <clears> I just I just got this gut feeling, man. I really do. I got the sneaking suspicion that we're going to see something special from him. If, if I was him, I'd be coming at the... Uh the tier committee and how he got the, the shaft <laughs> on being in tier one. Like you couldn't give him one, one race in the tier two. He definitely belongs in tier one. He's, he definitely shows the speed. I think he's just finding the right program away from being like that next guy. Honestly. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I, I mean, that's why last year I was so surprised when I heard of, of him going away from the music team, just because it seemed like he had things so figured out. He was just on the cusp of kind of getting over the hump. He was clearly running with those guys. I mean, we saw him run second, you know, all the way till the end at, at Briarcliff too. Uh, and then he had a mechanical failure there as well. I know he's working with a ton of the same guys. Brett told us that on the last episode that, that uh, Brandon is working with a ton of the same people, a ton of the same components, brought over a ton of the sponsors that that he had at Musig's to this new gig. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that he would be upset about being in tier one. I feel like most of these guys are probably upset. If anything, they're upset that they're in tier two and not in tier one. But like I said earlier, if we had him in tier two, I think he'd be the majority pick. So we got to make it a little bit harder. But you know, there's gonna be yeah, people that right. there's gonna there's gonna be people that pick Brandon in tier one. There's there's no doubt. Yeah, anything can happen. Yeah. So, okay. So joining your selection from tier one, now moving on to your tier two riders, as you think about your team, we're going to talk about these riders and what they have going on coming into the season here. We touched on this rider a little bit already with our, our headlines segment, our storylines that we're following segment, Bryce Ford. Uh, he's eight time career podium finisher. He's fourth last year in the the series. We know he wants a little bit more than that, but he's got a lot of wind in his sails coming off that quad cross of nations victory there and the Wavos Pro Invitation victory, all the stuff that we touched on already. He's in a very different place than he was a year ago. And I think, I mean, wouldn't be surprised if he's the kind of top pick trend in this, in this tier two grouping. One of these days, he's going to run with those guys right up front. You know, we've seen it in spurts. We've seen some flashes of brilliance, but one of these days he's going to get a whole shot and he's going to lead for, for a while. I have no doubt that we're going to see it probably this year. You know, we predicted big things each of the last two years. Uh, like I said earlier, he's become more of a solid guy that always has the speed and hasn't made a ton of mistakes, but man, I just have a feeling, I mean, third in the series, two seasons ago, fourth in the series last year it can only go up you know he's going to be right there battling for podiums each and every week for sure um i think he'll definitely be someone to pay attention to i feel like these tiers tier two like there's like four guys i don't want to get ahead of us ourselves but mm -hmm. like picking this tier is like the hardest tier and then mm -hmm. it being at daytona makes it that much harder yeah i feel like if we were going to gator back i would be like 80% more pot, like locked in on who I want to pick. But since it's Daytona, I feel like there's just a couple guys that they're just one start away and they just have that. They just have enough speed to stay in front of the other guys on yeah, this for track. Sure. For sure. I mean, this, and I guess going on to moving on to this next guy, he kind of shows like how difficult it is to pick. I mean, a guy that had struggled at Daytona in years past struggled, maybe to start the season super strong, but Nick Janusa, 
you know, Nick Janusa, he's got three career podium finishes in 2021 though. We saw him win his heat race. He got second in the main event. He freaking slayed it. I think that that was the first year of ATV fantasy. And, but you know, you can't sleep on the guy. He's been top five in every championship of his professional career. The stat that we've said so many times on this show and in our coverage of the sport, man, can't sleep on him. Cause he's always right there. You know, like that's yeah. what makes it so tough. Definitely Mr. Consistency for sure. I'd like to see him get more hole shots and just, just be out front more. I don't know. Maybe it'll give him confidence on starting up front more. Cause I don't know. I haven't been in the races in a while, but it always seems like he's never really started up front. He's always clawing his way back. And mm -hmm. so, you know, he's in shape, you know, he can pass. Yeah. So it'd be nice to see him start up front and make some of them other guys work to get around. him. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I feel like every time we used to have him on the show, it was almost like, I don't want to say negative, but he knew like he just needed some starts. You know, he knew he needed some starts and if he got a start, everything would be different. And we've seen that now these couple of times that he's been on the podium and we saw it a couple of years ago at Daytona. So we'll see if he can do that again. Jeffrey Ostrelli. Jeffrey Ostrelli is the, the next guy we're going to touch on, a guy that you know well. He's been second and third at this event in the past. He told me that he's got some new components that he's been developing, uh, a package of his own with RP race performance and Williams performance. So super stoked on that. He's, he's really excited about that coming into the new year. He says he's fit. He's enjoying riding. And uh, he said he was, you know, you got to remember that he was in podium position for much of the season last year before a DNF at the, at the finale there. Um, so he's really looking for some redemption. And I think that he's a guy, he's a guy like it's easy to forget how good Jeffrey was last year. Cause I came into the season. I was scared to death with him going out on the, on his own, uh, not being on a team anymore, all these things. And man, he was the best version of himself, or at least the best version that we had seen in, in literally in years and years. So it's going to be exciting. If he can build on the season he had last year, he's going to be very much in contention for podiums weekly and top three in points at the end of the year. Cause he damn near did it last year. Yeah. Is he still with rocket racing still, still the same program or has he got his own? So, so it, racing it's his on? own, it's his own program. It's Australia racing, but rocket is not as involved as they were last year. Um, DJ and his wife have, you know, had a little, a little girl and, uh, he's got different priorities and life got crazy. Something that you could relate to. Uh, so it is going to oh, be yeah. a little different. That is something that, you know, I don't want to say it concerns me, but I knew that that was going to be such a great pairing last year because rocket is, is so good. So on top of their stuff, DJ is so particular, which is awesome. So that is going to be an adjustment for Jeffrey, but you know, the, I think that the, the program is going to be very similar. Yeah. I think a healthy, uh, Australian in shape Australia is scary because I think he's one of the most talented people yeah. I've ever seen on a quad. My years, like I've got to ride with him like 2011, 12 and me just like moving up in the A in the pro-am. That was when he was like the man in the pro-am class. Yeah. The stuff he did on a quad was gnarly. So to see him and like guys like Joel still be racing that because we're all the same age, like it's kind of crazy. So I know that that dude can go like mm -hmm. as fast as Joel and, you know, these other guys. So I just think, just thinking in shape and healthy Jeffrey is a scary dude because I know he can go that fast. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, you know, he said, because my, my part of my question that I was asking these guys is how do you kind of balance, 
you know, Daytona being, you know, kind of an outlier, but also wanting to start it on a, on a, on a great foot. Right. And he wants to, you know, get some good points at Daytona, get out safe. But at the same time, he said he wants to win bad. He said he wants to win this thing before his career is over. We know it's a home race for him. And yeah, I mean, with a whole shot, you know, anything is possible. And especially at, at Daytona with a whole shot, man, it's anybody's game. It really is. So it's going to be exciting. Like you said, uh, we saw Jeffrey being, you know, super in shape last year, super fit, super consistent. That's why it was so heartbreaking for him when he did suffer a mechanical here or there that really kind of jeopardized, jeopardized where we saw him finish in points. So we saw him finish in sixth place in points last year, but that was definitely not where his riding had him. I mean, he was very much in contention. It looked like he was going to be the podium guy with a race or two to go and still mm-hmm. had it. It was still an opportunity for him. It was still there for the taking on the last day of the season. And with another DNF, things just didn't go his way. Moving on to a guy I obviously pull for, and we didn't touch on this, but 24 career podiums for Jeffrey too. I mean, he's done, he's done it a lot of times. So Jeffrey's going to be a guy to watch, but uh, moving on to the next guy, guy I always cheer for four time career podium finisher. Uh, he's a young kid. He's from Wisconsin, but the guy that's super easy to cheer for. He's a grinder. He freaking just, just puts his head down and holds that thing pinned. Max Lindquist, uh, he's a guy that finished second at this race last year with very little seat time. He was coming in off an injury last year. So he's going to be a guy to watch. You know how it is when you go to a track or a venue that you've finished well at before. He comes in to Daytona after finishing second last year. But Max is a guy who very much, I mean, he could be on the podium at Daytona, no problem. And he's going to be a guy that finishes on, on the podium multiple times this season. I would think he's going to be, if he can just kind of, kind of iron out the, the little, the little, I don't want to call them rookie blunders. They're just, sometimes it's wrong place, wrong time. But if he can just iron out some of those little things, he's going to be very much in contention with all these guys. Cause we know he's as fast as anybody and he's just going to keep getting better. He's so young. And the rumor is, and I did a little poking around trying to figure out what the deal was. I, I didn't get get any answers from max so they must be keeping it under wraps but the rumor i'm hearing is that he and launderville two wisconsin kids two kids who are some of my favorite racers in existence in atv motocross at this point are teamed up for 2023 so that's going to be exciting to see we'll know in just the next day or or two or three a couple days leading up to daytona here no doubt no doubt i think with all these younger guys they're they're so fast at such a young age that it's it's just going to it benefits them being this young because they have all this time to uh, get up to the pace of these guys that have been doing it longer. Guys mm-hmm. like Joel, Chad, Je- even Jeffrey, like he's been in the class for a long ass time. So yeah. I think being as fast as these kids are at such a young age is good. I think just the more time in the pro class, I think Max would be one of those guys that just gets more comfortable. Maybe we haven't seen the best of him yet because he's still growing into his own, mm-hmm. yeah. you could say. Oh, for sure. No, I think we're going to keep seeing him get, get better and better. You know, we saw him last year at Briarcliff straight up beat Chad Weenan. Like, you know, what are, I mean, yeah. that's just wild to think about, but he did it and we saw it happen and he's going to be the guy. I mean, he's the guy, and I've said this before, I don't know if I've said it publicly, but he's the guy that I could see being a surely a future champion of this sport. I really, I really could see that. He's just got something about him. You know, he's just got the magic in him for sure. So it's going to be fun to watch and see what he's got in store. He was the rookie of the year in 2021. Dealt with some stuff last year, some little things going on, but I think it's going to be exciting to watch him in 2023. And finally, our last, our last 
tier two rider is a guy I don't know a ton about for his new season. We reached out, we didn't hear back from him, but he's a two-time career podium finisher talking about Wesley Wolf. Of course, he's moved to the Yamaha. He switched to Yamaha for this new season. Uh, we know he's not racing GNCC or at least hasn't so far. So he must be focusing on the ATV motocross thing. And we know he's been at Deckers a little bit and he was third in 2021 at Daytona. So we've seen it before and he's a guy, there's one thing that I know about, about <laughs> Wesley Wolf and he's always going to bring it. He's always going to be scrappy. He's always going to, uh, you know, not be easy on the guys around him, not going to give up any positions easy. And so you can never sleep on him with a good, with a good start, man. He could, he's another guy that could surely be on the podium. We've seen it before. Definitely. I think, like you said, I think any of these guys in the tier two are just a start away from being on the podium. I think just all about the star. I think all of them got that speed and they're all just like right there. It's just who, who, who has it that day? Who's, mm -hmm. who's bringing their best stuff and who's getting the best start and um, who's going to ride the smartest and just prevail. But I, yeah, I think Wesley Wolf will, will be good. It'll be interesting to see how he does on the Yamaha's be his first yeah. season on the Yamaha. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm I'm excited to see it too. Like I said, he's been staying under the radar a little bit. So I don't, you know, we haven't seen it a ton. We don't know what it looks like a ton, but you know, with him, he's always gonna bring it. I mean, he was versatile. He was racing a Suzuki in the woods and a in a Honda on the motor track. So now if he's gonna be on a Yamaha, I think he's gonna be that much better. We interrupt this program for a special news bullet. The following message is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The Manscaped engineering team has outdone themselves this time, creating the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I am blown away. This thing is next level. What sets this trimmer apart from all the rest? The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It features a new multi-functioning on-off switch with travel lock for those of us who like to travel. And my favorite, the new trimmer allows you to customize your trim with four different guard lengths and upgrade from its predecessor that only featured two. If you're listening, you know that good tools are a must, so wait no more to get the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. Hey everyone, this is Larry Mills, president of DP Bricks North America and proud partner of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. We at DP Brakes are a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology, dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheel racers on the planet. This year's lineup includes Jeff Restrelli, Mark Baldwin and Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, and many more, including Mr. Digging Deep himself, Cody Jansen, plus all the top 17 GNCC pros such as seven-time champion Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Hunter Hart, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and previous champion Chris Borch. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on top of the podium week after week. DP brakes are available through www.dp-brakes.com or you can purchase them through your local parts and limited stocking dealer. Or you can even message us, myself, Larry Mills, or DP Brakes on Instagram or Facebook. And if you have any questions about product or sponsorship support, please ask us. We are waiting for you. Join the best ATV riders in the world equipped with DP Brakes. And have a great year, everyone. 
Nearing two decades into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back and better than ever, continuing to make major waves in the ATV world. For the third consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team, providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for two-time champ Joel Hetrick. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to Factory43ATV.com to see their full line of industry-leading products available for all makes and models. Head over to Factory43ATV.com today. Success in the ATV MX world is similar to what creates financial success as well. The right people, the right advice, and more importantly, hard work and the benefit of an ongoing relationship as situations change and adversity is experienced. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Haymower Financial Group can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help your family prepare for whatever life brings. Call me, Scott Haymower, at Haymower Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, at 920-338-8150. That's 920-338-8150. Offices located in beautiful De Pere, Wisconsin, with registrations and clients nationwide. Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our Digging Deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. Our sport is compiled of many great people, and leading that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing-owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the Concrete Division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. Here at Digging Deep, we have an obvious passion for ATVs and pridefully enjoy sharing the sport's history. Since 2019, when the podcast was born, we've been working to partner with individuals who share our passion, but one man and his vision had been missing from our partnership group. Until now. When it comes to the sport's history, the hallowed grounds of Binky's Forever ATC Museum has it all. Binky Tapscott's mind-blowing collection of three- and four-wheelers has preserved history by spanning all makes and models from Honda three-wheelers in chronological order to unique builds that shaped ATV racing as we know it, like Doug Gust's iconic DRZ-powered hybrid thumper and everything in between. There's no denying Binky's passion, a passion that we certainly relate to here at Digging Deep. Binky's goal is to share his amazing collection with fellow enthusiasts by making his prized possessions accessible to the public via scheduled visits. Follow Forever ATC Museum on Facebook and watch ForeverATC.com for further updates on possibly getting a chance to see Binky's Forever ATC Museum for yourself. We are proud to welcome Binky's Forever ATC Museum to the Digging Deep family. Thanks for listening and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. Okay, we got to move on to tier three then, probably quicken this thing up a little bit so we don't make this thing three hours long. But uh, oftentimes, you know, tier two was our podium contenders. Uh, generally speaking, tier three, oftentimes these riders are somewhere between six and 10 are, are where they're battling for. So starting off is a, a lock, a long time lock in fantasy is uh, Logan Stanfield in tier three. He made some improvements, he said, to the bike and himself physically and mentally. 
this off season. He's ready to race today. If it was time to drop the gate today, he said, and uh, kind of looking to, to get through Daytona and get to the outdoors. But Logan Stanfield, I said to you via text, Hammy, when we're kind of starting to talk about fantasy stuff, Logan Stanfield has proven to be the safe pick, the lock in, in fantasy. He's got one top five finish to his, to his name, but he's a guy that is very oftentimes a safe pick. And he's a kid. I, I like so much. He's a, such an awesome kid, but what what are your thoughts on Logan Stanfield coming into Daytona and uh, the 2023 season as a whole? Uh, interested to see what his bike build is this year. He's always got like the sickest setup. I, I think like graphics and like a clean looking like badass bike. So I give him props on that, like doing shit that's kind of like sparkly pop out, like but yeah. still clean. Like that's that's what I like. But and, shout out to SSI decals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think he'll be uh, he'll be up there in the top ten for sure. That's mm-hmm. normally where he sits at. Uh, I would I would predict that he's been or not predict, but I would guess that he's been eighth. He's been eighth, like 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 a quarter, like three out of four times, you know, or, 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 or however you want to say it more times than not, he is eighth. like he finishes eighth overall, which in tier three is often going to win it. I mean, that's just how it mm-hmm. works. Uh, but he's rock solid. You just know what you're getting from Logan. Like, I feel like I say that in so many of the race review pods and these preview shows and whatever, but you just know what you're getting from him, which is awesome. Like he's a, he's a pros pro. He really is. And you know how tough it is to be eighth in the pro class or yeah. seventh or sixth. Like I've said so many times finishing sixth or seventh is winning, you know, it yeah. for, for dudes like us. And I feel like that's where, you know, that's where Logan kind of falls. And if he can just take a step, you know, just a half a step forward, we've seen him get good starts in the past. We saw him finish top five overall at Lake Sugar Tree in, in 2020, but man, it's, it, he's just a guy I love cheering for. And he's a guy, you know, what you're getting from, you know, you know what you're getting from him. And I think that if we see a half a step forward from him, he's going to be battling with some of those, those tier two guys in, uh, in the season ahead. No, the, they're, they're able to move up in tiers, so he could very exactly. well be a tier two at some point. Exactly. Okay. So exactly. So as we go here and we kind of get into some of these guys, some of these guys are definitely going to move. I mean, they want to, you obviously want to move up, but we're going to definitely see some of these guys from tier four to tier three, from tier three to tier two. That's just something that's going to happen for sure. Yep. Okay. Or down. That from too. Three to four, two that to three. Too. Okay. That too. Absolutely. The, I don't know if there's any candidates that jump off the page to me to move down unless we see, unless we see Brandon Hoag, right. Or somebody like that, who's maybe, you know, we get to these outdoor tracks and maybe he's not necessarily battling for wins. If he's battling for podiums, we'll bump him down to tier two until he's battling for wins. We just, you know, you're trying to set up the game. So it's hard to pick. Right. And uh, like I said earlier, if yep. we had him in, if we had him in tier two, I feel like his pick trend would be astronomical. So we need to make it a little tougher than that. Uh, but moving on then, uh, our next guy in tier three, another guy that's rock solid. So you can't sleep on this guy, Cody Ford. He's our 2021 most improved pro award winner. Uh, I love this kid. I love every conversation I have with him and, uh, something that you can't sleep on Hammy of the last 20 races, Cody Ford has finished in the top 10, 16 of the last 20 races, including nine in a row to end the 2021 season. So that makes him, you know, makes him again, a very formidable pick in tier three. Can't sleep on Cody Ford. And, and he's a Thor rider for 2023, which is freaking awesome. I love that. 
that's impressive. Like you were just saying, getting getting like Logan getting eighth that many times in a row, like getting eighth top ten in the pro class is no easy task. So if you can do it over a course of time and consistently do it, exactly, um, that's good for your confidence. And hopefully he builds off that. I and mean, he got that podium wasn't in Illinois, but a couple years ago, twenty nineteen. Yep, right. And, when and we I thought the for show. sure that was gonna like snowball affect something. So maybe maybe Daytona could be could be the time you know it could like it could rain it could be a mud race and it seems to be he's a pretty decent mud rider so yeah he's a just in general I, a guy i would categorize again as a pro's pro um you know what you're getting from him like you just said i mean we both know how tough it is to not only finish in the top 10 but to do it 16 of the last 20 times 16 times in the last two seasons he's finished in the top 10 which is so respectable in nine times in a row that's just that's just crazy to me right i mean you got to be so consistent he's such an awesome rider and touching on that podium that he got in 2019 right after we started the show i believe we covered it we had him on our very our second episode and we didn't even know we were going to do race reviews and you know all that stuff we got him on the show and the cool part with him is he gets that podium then he you know he had some struggles right he battled some stuff that next season wasn't great for him and he's just been building Ever since he's been getting better and better and better and better. And last season, uh, towards the end of the season, I think we saw the best version of Cody Ford that we ever had seen. I mean, he's rock solid, but now his speed is that much better And the class just keeps getting that much better. So when you're continuing to get better as a rider in a class, that's stronger than any that he's raced against in my personal opinion, that says a lot about a guy. And he's again, such a grinder, uh, great dude. You, you know, he's going to work his ass off. And, uh, and, and that's Cody Ford for you. I don't know what else to say about that. So then our third rider in tier three is, uh, reigning 2022 AMA ATV pro rookie of the year, uh, joining the club that, you know, that, that we are a part of hammy. Uh, so welcoming, nice. welcoming Zach to the club there, 2021 pro sport national champion. Of course, uh, he was sixth last year. He was sixth last year at Daytona, uh, nearly finished in the top five. I think if the race would have been one lap shorter, he would have finished in the top five. Chad Weenan is the guy that snuck by. So you can't sleep on him. A uh, bunch of riding time, obviously, of course, speed isn't an issue coming from the Decker training facility, doing all the riding that he's doing, but are those rookie mistakes going to be out of his system? Uh, I think that that's the biggest key for him because speed is not an issue fitness with all that riding time shouldn't be an issue. His one lap speed is there's no doubt about that, that he's got that it's more. Are we going to see the little blunders, the stuff he battled last year? He was a rookie. It's fair. That happens. But is that going to be over as we move on to his sophomore season? Um, that's going to be the biggest key. Now we had Brandon Hogue on Brandon Hogue is, is working as his trainer there at on the box fitness. And he's talked a big game. He's talked up Zach Decker in a major way. So it's going to be exciting to see. But Zach Decker is one of those guys. You know, he, we know he's got the speed. He could vary. I mean, we almost saw him finish in the top five. We saw other sixth place finishes later in the year too. So we did it on outdoor tracks as well. Feel like his upside, no dis, don't disrespect to anybody else in tier three. His upside might be the most of anybody in this grouping. I would assume eventually we see him in tier two, whether it's this year or next year or whatever the, whatever the story is, but he's got it in him. It's just, can he put the whole package together? I think another guy that's got some sick bikes that look pretty badass. Uh, yeah. But I think we'll see, I mean, they got that big ATV spring break showdown. And I was just looking into that. They're doing 30 minute 
plus two. I saw motos. that. So I saw whoever's that. in that moto, I got some stuff written down about that. But whoever, like, in, I think De- De- Zach Decker's doing it. So we'll see what kind of shape yeah. he's in for that. And that, that should show if, if, if those rookie blenders are, are out or not. Because, I mean, we'll be at his track. He should know, like, the palm of his hand. And hopefully, I mean, I want to see the kids do good. I think he's got sick style and his bikes look sick. So, yeah. You want to see guys come in the class and do good. Yeah, I mean, basically. And do what they're capable of. Exactly. I think that that, you're exactly right. That's going to be a lot of fun uh, to see that event. We can touch on the Decker race there for a second, if you'd like, because I know it's something that you wanted to get into. We know that basically like everybody's going to be there. I know that Chad is not like we heard with when we had Thomas on, that's the, the same weekend as their riding school. So you know, it's kind of balancing, uh, balancing for, for amateurs, right? Do you want to go race Deckers, which is a phenomenal place to ride. It looks amazing at the same time. You know, there's certain people out there that are going to prioritize riding the national track the weekend before the national race there. But yeah, so what I've seen is like you said, 30 minute moto, right. Is the main event. They're running the woods loop, I think as part and like the whole moto track too, which is kind of cool. And then they're doing the bracket style racing. So I don't know exactly. Like- That's what I was going to ask you. I know they do the head to head racing and it said to get into the main. And then yeah. if you win your head to head bracket, you don't have to go to the LCQ. So got it. I said, okay. they really didn't go in. Got I it. Kinda, I don't know what they're doing for an LCQ or anything like that, but <laughs> you well, assume could- that everyone would make the. 31 or 30 minute moto i would i would assume but maybe there's not maybe like everybody can't start on the first row i mean who knows like there's a reason obviously but i love bracket style racing it's so much fun and you know inevitably it's only human to look at some of the the matchups right and think okay like that's gonna be a dog uh, that's gonna be a dog fight there was some that i'm like okay like i don't i don't have them in front of me but you know name a rider uh that you know maybe is gonna have an easy an easy route you know one that stood out to me is uh is there was JJ Launderville versus yep. Wesley Wolf and to me that was... like that's a fascinating matchup because JJ's got some serious speed. I don't know that I would want to be in a bracket race with Wesley Wolf though. <laughs> yeah, especially going through a little bit of the woods. So that's right. It that's almost right. seems like a, a style of track that's right up his alley. That yeah. that was actually one of the matchups I think is going to be like one of the better ones, and then the Australian Janusa ones like. That's like a main event right there. It is. I feel like it is. That's the other one that I'm like, that'll man, be that's, a, that's a toss up. Yeah. They, they should have some GoPros on both of them for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it'll I, I be, can't, can't, cool. can't wait for, uh, for the coverage of that event too. I'm sure Gloop will have all kinds of stuff going on for that, but yeah, that'll be, that'll be really cool. I mean, obviously that's going to be the place to be, uh, Northern Florida there or central Florida is going to have all kinds of cool stuff going on with Deckers having that race with the, the, Gatorback uh, riding school weekend and all that stuff going on down there. So it's going to be uh, going to be the place to be. It's going to be really cool. Uh, do you have anything else you want to touch on on Deckers before we, uh, before we get to the rest of the guys here? Uh, who do you think is going to win? Hard to pick against Joel. <laughs> it's very hard to pick against Joel, but Brandon looks so good to me. Like it, I like it, that. It's a seven minute. I think they said seven minute lap time. Yeah. So yeah, it just that, uh, that's what mm, I, I, I got of, Joel winning, but it's gonna be one of those two guys, in my opinion. It'd be nice to see Joel and Hogue go head to head on a one lap sprinter. Well, so that's my that's my question with the bracket style racing. I want to see it bracket style all the way down to a winner take all duel 
you know, and then that can just be your qualifying positions or, or I don't know what, I don't know how you would make it play out. Um, you know, meaning towards the, you know, to winning, putting that towards winning the event or whatever, but man, like, I don't want to see just one round of bracket style racing. I want to see it all the way down to the finish. No, no doubt. Same here. And I seen they're doing something different with the gate pick too, like off okay. your season results oh, okay. last year. So like Joel is going to have the last gate pick or oh, wow. the so second gate pick in his bracket. So it's inverted. Against. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I like that. So yeah, that'd be cool. Hopefully they got a lot of, if it's such, such a long track, hopefully they got a lot of GoPros and I'm sure. got a lot of people filming some stuff so we can see. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure Gloop has done a ton of planning there at Rip It Up Films for that one. Who, who, who do you who do you think is going to win? Can't move on oh, without no. asking you. The showdown? Yeah. Joel, I think it's going to be... That was another thing. If it's 30 minutes plus two, they're not going to be running their race bikes unless you think. You? This close to the opening round, 30 minutes? Well, it's it's a lot of money to win, right? It's $15,000 to win or whatever 15, the number is. Yeah, yeah 15 I I think Joel's gonna win regardless if he's on his race bike. It's a lot, practice bike, but. Agreed. It's a lot of money to win. I would assume that if it's you know it's it's Joel, right? So Joel has the luxury of having some extra bikes. Like I would just assume Phoenix would have a fully prepped, ready to go, fully gone through bike for him. That whether it's his national race bike or not, they're gonna have that thing ready to go, right? Um, so yeah, that's gonna so. be sick. Between, like I said, between Joel and Brandon, those would be the two guys. I mean, they're on the same training program that's a track. I mean, Brandon's been there since November, right? Like he's done so many laps around that place. He should know it like the back of his hand. He's been done more laps there than Joel has, at least in recent times. Um, so to me, it comes down to those two guys, but it's impossible to pick against Joel Hattrick, you know? Yeah, I think the 30 minutes is going to play a factor in on some things. Yeah. Agreed. The length of the moto and equipment agreed agreed um, it's kind of yeah. risky you going if you don't win or say if you smoke a motor and you got to go to gator back <laughs> what the next weekend for some guys yeah, yeah for some yeah, guys that's a risk it is for sure i mean yeah it'd be hard to justify probably riding your race bike i mean that's a that's a lot of wear and tear on your stuff there but uh but yeah, you can't say, can't say no to, to that kind of money. That's for sure. Um, okay. So we're going to jump back in here. Uh, we're finishing up our tier three riders. Uh, this next guy, he's a guy I enjoy so much. He's back after injury derailed his season and ended it early last season. Of course, I'm talking about Michael Allred. Uh, he was eighth at this event in 2021. He was eighth at this event in 2022. He got great starts. He's led this tier at, at those races. Man, he's been he's been awesome. He's a, a guy that gets good starts all the time. He's got seven career top ten finishes. He's just been rock solid, and he keeps getting better. We talked with Thomas at length about Michael Allred, but yeah, last season he was putting together a great season, like we chatted about with Thomas. He had two eighths, he had a sixth uh, before the injury last year. I think for me, not only is Michael Allred somebody to really look at and and think about for your fantasy team, really watch as he puts together the beginning of his season here he's continuing to get better and better and better but he's a prime candidate for most improved pro uh he's a prime candidate for the digging deep most improved pro award at the end of the season uh but michael allred has proven to be a very a very hard guy to pick against in fantasy and he's going to be a rider to watch all season long he's a guy i really enjoy i like uh, i love love mike there seems like he's got uh his whole shots down every time i ever see him he's always kind of up towards the front of the pack that so, was what thomas was never... saying 
and it's like consistent. He's kind of like got good starts. So if he can just build off that, I think, uh, like you said, he'll be in he'll be in the top ten. I'm sure he'll be grinding out another person's bikes. I like I like that lime green. Yeah, very much what Thomas said. Right, you can't pick against the guy because he gets such good starts, especially at Daytona. So he's going to does be, their uh, motors. Baldwin. Okay. Yeah, that nice. Means- and that was another selling point for Thomas was, you know, he got, he's got power with that Baldwin power there. So uh, hard to pick against Michael Allred. So glad he's back healthy and back in the series. So, so glad for that. But uh, yeah, moving on then our final pick, our final guy to choose from in tier three, I called him the biggest story of the off season. He was our number one storyline. As we started this episode, he runs a twist throttle as Hammy is, is motioning to me right now. Uh, the five-time European champ is going to be such a great addition to our series. I, I posted the other day, our series is better with Kevin Sar than without Kevin Sar. It's going to be awesome to see how this all plays out. Brett said on the last episode that he very much thinks that, that Kevin is going to be in the running for a top five right away. Basically Brett said he's been around this thing for a long time and believes that Kevin's going to be in the running for top five right away. I don't doubt that. That's kind of something that I I pictured uh, possibly happening. I just thought it was a little ballsy to put him in tier two right away. Right. But I think I'm curious to see what people think. Are people going to really run with, is he going to be the pick trend pick in tier three? I have a feeling that he's going to be, I really do. Um, And he was such an awesome guest on our show. I mean, talking about how big of a dream this is for him. He's realizing a dream and Hammy, you said that he's a, he's an X factor for you coming into this race. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, just from the it's it's hard to tell by clips like so you can't really ch- anyone can look fast in a 10 yep. second clip to me. Right. So uh, got that 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 uh, that eye speed, that eye test speed that you can kind of see. So it'll be interesting to see if if he's as fast as what all this hype is or if he's not. But like I said, it's kind of hard to tell on on you know, Daytona track like. I guess we'll we'll find out when we get there. Is it going to be a passable track? Is it going to be one line, and then can kind of go from there? But I know, like I I listened to probably what Brett said about him about the worker and stuff, and knowing racing against Brett, so I know that uh, that guy's going to be in shape and going to be like mm-hmm. kind of like a no bullshit type of rider. Exactly, it seems like he's going to probably take take advantage of the opportunity that's given to him to be riding in the states. So exactly. I think uh, he, him, I think him and Hogue are the two biggest X factors. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I think it's going to be awesome to awesome to watch. Um, Again, how do you not cheer for the guy? I just I thought he was such an awesome guest to think about somebody realizing their dream. Right. I mean, we all dreamed about being pros in the AMA ATV pro class. We got to achieve that. But I can't imagine what that feels like to a guy that came halfway across the world to do it. You know, that's just got to be the coolest thing. Uh, He's riding for a great team, a great dude. Uh, They obviously have been proven to be successful. They were team of the year last year. Uh, All the great stuff that the music racing and repair team accomplished last year with Brett winning pro sport and 25 plus Brandon finishing in the top three in the pro class and all the rest of the success that they had. So it's going to be, it's going to be really fun to watch. It really is. And I think that we're going to see Kevin Saar battling closer to the front than I think some people think. And like you said, I mean, those clips are, you know, clips, some clips can be this, you know, deceiving. I don't want to say it that way, but you know, clips are what they are, but on his clips, it was like the body position and the scrubbing of the bike and the way he was, you know, you know, really working those jumps, working those whoop sections. Um, that's what 
that's what stood out to me is he looks the part of a guy that could battle in the top five. I mean, he did the eye test, at least from the videos we saw, obviously we're not seeing it firsthand, but the videos I saw, he looks like a guy who, I mean, again, he looked the part. That's the best way to put it. No doubt. That's, that's someone I wish he was going to that Decker showdown just so we can kind of get like a preseason glimpse of what, what, what's really there. Yeah. I think, I think from what they said is he's going to be back in Europe after Daytona and then coming back here for Gainesville for Gatorback. And then I can't remember if they said he's back here to stay after Gatorback or, or uh, Texas, but either way, he's a little bit back and forth right now. And then he'll be here to stay after that. So that's one thing that I was kind of taking into, into account too, is after he finds his footing here, will he grab another gear basically, or, or how that'll all work out. But either way, he's going to be a, a guy to watch. So, uh, moving on then tier four, these are guys, uh, shooting for the top 10, right? So guy that kind of led this tier last year is a guy who's, who's super, seems like a super good dude, super good kid. He's got one career top 10 finish to his name, but again, he led this tier last year, Vince Merman. Uh, he doesn't have as much time on the bike as he would like, but he is at Deckers. He's, he's, uh, working hard right now. He's looking forward to taking a big step and running with some of the guys that he hasn't ran with to his career yet at this point, which I thought was a, was a really cool thing to hear from him. I mean, he's got some realistic goals. He wants to kind of chip away and start racing guys that, you know, are maybe a, a level or a tier, if you will, above him at this point. And, uh, he said, he just wants to stay safe at, Daytona and uh, beat his career best, which he's got that one career top 10 finish. So he's shooting for the top 10. And if he takes a, a little, a little leap, a step forward, if you will, uh, we're going to definitely see that from him. But Vince, he's a, he's an Ohio guy, right? Hammy, do you have any connection to him at all? Definitely. He is an Ohio guy. Um, maybe like being at a local track, being at local tracks a lot, maybe back when I was racing and he was probably just in like the C and the B class. I do remember him start racing and maybe closer. Like I think he was closer to Davenport, like Macy Davenport. Sure. Yeah. Knowing him through them, but it is crazy to see. I mean, it's cool to see kids like that or just anyone start, you know, at the C or the B class and then finally make it to the mm -hmm. pro class. And he's been in the pro class for what, two or three years now. A couple of years, a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's still pretty cool to see kids do that I and mean, that's what i did i started at the bottom and then we mm -hmm. make it to the pro class so that's cool um is he on a yamaha or honda now he's on a yamaha now okay yeah he's on okay. a yamaha now but yeah like like you said i mean he's a grinder he's been just chipping away and that's why last year seeing him be kind of the because it's fun like we post about the winning team right the the perfect team after these races and it's fun to include him in that. Like it, it made me feel good. Cause like you said, you know, he's just been chipping away, getting better and better and better. Maybe starting from the bottom kind of thing. I remember a couple of years ago, he won uh, some pro-am races, a pro-am race or two at the end of the season, which is awesome. And he's got it in him. He's, he's just putting it together. He's doing it within his means. It seems like to me. And uh, yeah, just looking forward to kind of seeing some, some, some more good things out of Vince here in 2023 and very similar. So Vince's season last year, was maybe kind of a, a mere image of what we saw from Cesar Jimenez the year before. Uh, Cesar Jimenez joined us on the show recently. He was an awesome guest. How do you not cheer for our Costa Rican AMA ATV pro here? Uh, he was a fantasy darling. That's what we called him in 2021. He seemingly led this here each and every week in 2021. Um, so he knows how to do it. 
He's got that one career top 10 finish, I believe, much like Vince there, but he's looking to earn some more to this season. When he came on the show, you know, he's, he's, he told us like he's staying at Ford's, which is a big asset for him, obviously training with the Ford boys. I think that goes both ways. I really do, because I know that, you know, Caesar is a, is a worker, right? He's a, he's a worker. He's a trainer. Uh, I think he's always up to something. He's always doing something. He's always being active, all that stuff. And I think that that rubs off on maybe Bryce, right? Maybe that rubs off on Bryce. I know Cody's a constant worker too. So Bryce is around some dudes that work their tails off. Uh, but Caesar plans to some, make some major improvements this year. Like he told us, he's, he's looking to kind of take a step forward. I thought he was a great dude. I uh, love talking to him and uh, he's won this tier man more than 50% of the time in, in recent seasons, at least in 2021. I mean, like I said, he was almost the winning pick in this tier so many times. So he's going to be a guy to watch out for and a guy that I would love to see be successful here in 2023. I'll be keeping my eye on him for sure. Yeah. See if he's the fantasy darling that you say he is. <laughs> hey, he was 2021. He was the lock pick each and every weekend. It was fun to watch. Uh, moving on to the next guy. 47 years young. We touched on this guy a little bit before we hit record on this. I think between you and I, we're talking about Marshall Smith. Of course, he told us that he's going to be racing most all the races, planning to be at all the races other than Texas and High Point. Uh, he's on a Suzuki, so Suzuki fans can rejoice. He's a guy that the Suzuki people full pull for. He switched a, a few components this offseason. He's a good starter, um, just a good dude. The, the reason why we were talking about him before we hit record is He's a guy that I, it, it really resonated with me being an older guy. You know, he was 45 at the time or whatever when he made his pro debut. And he was just so stoked to, to realize this goal, to check off, you know, this box of being a pro, an AMA ATV pro, which is really, really cool. Uh, so he's a guy that's going to be fun to watch. I'm glad he's out there and uh, glad he's going to be back for another season in the pro class. 47 years old, Hammy. Yeah, kudos to him. I couldn't imagine getting on a quad and then let alone being in the pro class. Um, yeah, kudos to him because that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, he's he's doing what we've heard Joe Bird say he's been you know going to do for all these years is race as a forty. Still waiting for that, <laughs> right? I would love to see it. I mean, it would be awesome. Views would be through the roof if he lined up again. I think it would be cool to have like an ATV Legends class, guys like Bird and yeah, it would be cool. Tally show up just have a class for them. That would be sweet. Yeah. Well, I think that something, and then we'll get to the rest of the class here, but something that I've heard from a lot of these guys, you know, the way that the, that the rules are structured now is unless you're going to, if you're a past pro, let alone a champion, but if you're a past pro, like you either have to race pro or pro-am or pro sport, you know, one of the, one of the pro quote unquote classes or 25 plus which is fast and those are your only options to race if you come back so it does make it tough and i think you do limit you know you do limit kind of some of your legends coming back because they don't want to race brett music or or yeah. you know name whoever in the 25 plus class you know that might be some like the spring break showdown could have mm -hmm. maybe not be an ama event or just for like the fans or it's something you do at maybe one event you know you do it at one national or two nationals a year kind of like they do like they did years ago a few years back with a two-stroke class you know it wasn't an every race mm -hmm. thing necessarily uh it was at a couple races and then some dudes came out of the woodwork because it wasn't a huge commitment it was just a race or two so maybe that's something that we can uh, speak into existence um okay moving on 
to Zach Harris in our tier four group of riders here. He's going to be at all the races except for Texas and Illinois is what he told us. He said, those are up in the air. Uh, those are long drives. So he's a farmer. Those are our long trips. Those are tough on a, on a farmer there for him. This is going to be his first Daytona as a pro. So he's excited about that. And he's healthy. That's the biggest thing. He's healthy after having torn a ligament in his thumb uh, last year, I believe. He had an ulnar nerve surgery since then when that didn't all get cleared up. But the biggest thing that that when I reached out to Zach, what he wanted to tell people and wanted to make known is that he's been riding injured since his pro debut. And he's really looking forward to hopefully getting in the top 10. And I thought that, that was really cool. I mean, he wanted to basically tell people what you've seen of him so far isn't isn't what you necessarily can expect from him. He feels like he's got more in him than what you've seen of him so far. And he's looking to get into the top 10. He's that's what he's really shooting for and hoping for. And, uh, and that's something that I feel good about because that's a good realistic goal, right? You want people to have goals that they can achieve and, that's him. So uh, that's basically our tier four riders. That's kind of split into two. Now you're only going to pick one of them, but it's kind of split into two. Cause those are the guys that have already been in the class. And now we have the guys that are fascinating new additions to the class. So Dane Molander, he was our 2021 digging deep rising star award winner. He's an incoming pro class rookie. Of course, he's the reigning 2022 pro-am national champion. He's possibly the favorite. I would say maybe in tier four, right? You, you, uh, you probably know that maybe his upside is the best. He's got a freaking beautiful yellow Suzuki look to that quad, uh, that we saw the, the photos going around there of that thing. He told us when he joined the show, he was on the show recently, he said he's shooting for the top 10. He kind of announced that he's going to go pro here on the show, shooting for the top 10. He would love the thought of, you know, looking to his left, looking to his right, seeing the, these heroes around him and then going out and getting a podium or a top five. But like we touched on earlier, he's going to be a guy to watch. He could very much be the favorite in this tier and this group of, of rookies. And I would assume that, you know, maybe a few races in or maybe even less than that, he's going to be moving up a tier. I mean, I, I can very much imagine him being in tier three before we know it. Kind of the Max Linquist thing. I think Max Linquist was in tier four for one week and then uh, he, he finished fourth at the opener and we had to move him up. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely think Molander's the uh, favorite for Rookie of the Year. Um, it'll be cool to see another Suzuki out there. Um, okay. I mean, shit, when I first started racing, there was factory Suzuki's there. So it's cool seeing them yellow bikes back out there. I like Suzuki's. Yeah. He's, he's got a pretty badass one. It'll be interesting to see if it if, like, if it holds up and does them well. I hope it does. I, there's people that are worried about the reliability of it. I'm really not. I think it's going to be just fine. I know that he's got a really good program there and uh, I think it's going to be good. It's going to be fun to watch, but th these rookies, man, that's why it was in my top five for storylines is because they just add fascination to the class because they're bringing in a bunch of speed and you don't know exactly how it's going to play out for them. I mean, they can get a start and stick around up front for a while. And that's what makes it so much fun. And I think that this next guy kind of fits in that same category, right? Aaron Salinas. Uh, he's a, the, the reigning 2022 digging deep rising star award winner. Uh, he was the runner up last year in pro sport. He was third in pro-am uh, behind, behind Dane Molander and Joey Chambers. Um, but he's a guy that's going to, I mean, he's, 
rock solid. Like, you know what you're getting from him. He already, I was already thinking about him. He's such a young kid, I think 18 years old, but I was already thinking of him as a pro. So when I talked to him, he said he's been balancing work and school. He's down at Splendora down near rage down there. He's been pounding laps down there. Uh, he was with Max and, and uh, Max Lindquist and JJ Launderville doing some training recently. He's back on the TDR program. So, uh, super, super fascinated and stoked to see how he's going to do. He's been a awesome guest. Every time he's been on the show, he's such a respectful young kid. Um, great rider, even better person. His goals are our top 10, which is realistic for him for sure. And his goal is to hopefully stick around the top 10 there and sneak in the top five. And honestly, I think he could do it. I really do. He's a guy that we saw win pro-am races. We saw him win pro sport. He gets good starts. And like I said, he's rock solid. He's not a rookie that I'm worried about having some ups and downs or, you know, pushing the issue, having get-offs, stuff like that. I mean, I'm just, I think that he's going to be rock solid. And sometimes, especially if you're thinking about fantasy, like, that's that that's what makes a guy a safe pick especially in tier three or tier four and uh i i can't wait to see what aaron salinas has up his sleeve for his rookie season in the pro class definitely i think you nailed it i think for the tiers three and four you definitely want people who are going to do all the laps you want guys exactly. that are gonna exactly. finish every race mm -hmm. just finish every race and get it do your best every time yeah even okay, if so you gotta putt around exactly so i'm gonna ask you something because i've thought about this so much and i know i've talked about it a little bit on the show but if, if fantasy, if digging deep ATV fantasy would have been a thing when we were racing, I know for a fact, I would have known what tier I was in and I would have wanted to beat the other guys in my tier. Right. Like if, if, if oh, I would have been, yeah. if I would have been in a tier with, you know, with <clears throat> Sean Taylor and, uh, and you know, name whoever, Me, Moser, exactly, exactly. Casey I would have, <clears throat> I would have wanted to to be the guy, you know, I, I would have known, like, I want to, I want to beat that guy. And I'm wondering if you would think the same way, because I've, I've thought about that oh, so yeah. much, thought about that so much with some of these guys, maybe where we were in the class tier three, tier four, uh, just thinking about like, like I would want to win my tier, you know? Oh, definitely. I think it kind of like, kind of compare this to like back when I was a rookie, they had, uh, they were like keeping track on who was the, the points leader of the rookies and they were oh, putting yeah. in the ATV scene magazines and I would get pissed when I wouldn't be because <laughs> pretty much like the ninth or 10th spot was that rookie spot. And I yeah. would be so mad if, if it was fix or Casey Martin, like I wanted to be the, the rookie of the year. So I guess we could call that probably in our time, we would have all been tier threes. I don't mm -hmm. think any of us were any, any higher tier, but yeah, I definitely mm -hmm. wouldn't have been happy seeing any of like literally any of them. Ahead yeah. Of me. Well, that would drove me nuts. We all we all had those guys. For me, it was Sean Taylor. We've had him on the show since uh, then. I I love the dude, right? But he was from Iowa. I was from Wisconsin. We had mutual friends growing up. It was like, well, Sean Taylor's doing this and Sean Taylor's doing that. And it was just like, you know, I had this thing, like I just wanted to beat Sean Taylor, right? I had nothing against the guy. And we've come to, I would consider him a friend. Like he's awesome. Like I feel like we can relate to each other in a way. You know, we our careers were so similar. Um, but he was one of the guys that like, if Sean Taylor was up ahead of me, I was going to do anything to go catch it and pass him. And I, that's how I think about it with this game. If I would have known, you know, like you said, with him, with you, uh, with Mosier, you know, fix uh, any of those guys, like if I would have known that they were in my tier, man, I would have wanted to go get them. Like that would have been just a small little bit of incentive to go get them instead of them just being another, you know, another, uh, blank face or, or, you know, um, or whatever. Like I would have just, I know I would have pushed that 
little bit more to go get them. And I wondered if, you know, if you, uh, if you would have done the same, but it sounds like you would have. Oh, for sure. I don't even think sitting here thinking, trying to give you just one guy. I don't think there is, I could, I don't know. There's a lot of them. I just would not be happy with losing to <laughs> in that, in that regard. There's, I could probably name four. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fun to think about it. I'm just so glad I'm, so, I'm stoked that we have this game. It just makes it so much fun. But yeah, we got two more riders to touch on, both incoming rookies, uh, guys that I don't know necessarily tons about, but guys that you know that we're going to see in the pro class and we need to get to know. So uh, first up, Adam Ulrich, uh, rounding out our tier four here. He's uh, incoming pro class rookie. He's number sixty-eight. Years past, he was number eight. This is going to be number sixty-eight now. So you know who that is when he's coming in. He's got one career pro-am podium. Uh, He's been living with Jeffrey, so that kind of gives him a little bit of a a boost there. He's living with Jeffrey. I think he's planning to at least up to and around the the Gatorback time, so he'll be there for a couple more weeks. Uh, He's on a Yamaha now. He's still on the program. Um, so he's been a long time worker with the program and with Dom there. So he's definitely in shape. I can vouch for that. He's definitely, definitely in shape. He's definitely a badass. And, uh, his biggest thing, he said, he's not too worried about Daytona. He's focused on Gatorback wants to just get in and out of Daytona safe and then move on to the outdoor races. Uh, but Adam Ulrich, uh, I could, I could see him being a guy, you know, to, to lead this tier again. He saw some, like he took a major step in, in, uh, in pro-am and pro sport last year, which was really cool to see. I mean, he, I can't remember if he won a moto or two, but I know he like was winning and either crashed or broke. I mean, he, there was definitely some times where he was as fast as anybody last year in a couple motos. So he could be a guy, especially if he takes a, he's a, he's a very young kid. So if he takes a half a step forward and finds his footing in the pro class, and sometimes it's almost like, obviously in the pro class, you're going to get faster because you're racing faster guys. But it also is like, you don't have the pressure of, Hey, I'm leading pro-am or I'm in second or third in pro-am. I might be in 10th or 11th of the pro class. feels like nobody's watching me. I'm just pounding laps. Right. And and I'm getting better that way. I feel like there's just pressure everywhere. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And, and, and you're, you're not far off, man. I, I get exactly what you're saying. Um, I vouch for how badass the pro class is every week, right? Like, like for somebody who hasn't been out there and raced the pro class, it's, it's almost like you can watch a thousand races and you don't know what it feels like to be out there with those guys. Like there's no hiding from anybody out there when you're on the track with the pro class, I guess, you know, it's just a little bit of a different, a different feeling when you're in the, at least this is how it felt for me. Like you're in the middle of the pro class. Yes. It's fast as shit. There's fast guys around you. There's guys right in front of you. There's guys right behind you. Um, but that's a great authentic way to just get faster rather than feeling yeah. the pressure of leaving a race. That's what I meant by, you know, there's not the pressure of leaving or, or being on the podium in pro-am. Now you're just in the middle of the pro class, doing your, doing your laps, pounding your laps, clicking your laps off and getting faster. Like that's uh that's just something I could see Adam doing. Like, I feel like we're going to see him take some steps this year. Yeah. I think if you don't have many expectations or high expectations, I could see the, the no pressure and then, yeah. being more free i could see that and then that's that that would be almost a better way to go into it i think i think if you could put no expectations on yourself but still be <laughs> confident in what you've done yeah up until that point which that's pr- pretty hard to do mm-hmm. um i think that would be the way to go into a rookie season not, not to have any expectations but know that you did everything you could and then it almost be like a like a present for what you got yeah um okay so before we touch on our very last rider 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Now we've touched on nineteen guys. Presumably there's gonna be twenty guys that are gonna be signed up for this pro race at Daytona. That means four aren't gonna make it because they take sixteen. And the reason yeah. why I'm the reason why in my mind I hadn't even thought about touching on that before we started here, but I just remember like I touched on earlier, I was scared to death that I wasn't going to qualify at the the first uh, Daytona race, and then my my ver- my rookie debut at the end of 2013. Uh, I was scared to death that I wasn't going to qualify. It was Redbud 2013. The class was stacked. There was 20 some. You know, they take 22, 23. I was just was, looking at that. There was There's some like 23 was exactly, the exactly. There was something like that. And I was so scared. I wasn't going to qualify. And, uh, and it made me ride tight as can be, you know? Um, so I, I, like, I get, I get it. Like, I'm not trying to forget about, you know, the past cause it made me ride tight back then. Uh, but I qualified 10th, like it wasn't even an issue. So I don't know where that came from, but, uh, I don't know. I remember what it, what it used to be like mm-hmm. being scared to qualify, and some of those guys might be in that in that uh, kind of in that space, worried if they're going to make it or not. Yeah, I wouldn't be scared about the qualifying. I'd be more worried if you got yourself in the LCQ because <laughs> I mean, you can. I never had to do that. Can, thank God, can, I I did, and that was that was some of the worst <laughs> times of my life. Wondering if I went all the way down to Daytona and wasn't even going to make the main show because that's. That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's embarrassing. So 20, you have, 2015, you, something like happens, you have to go to the LCQ and you have no, like, I just got straight up beat. I think I got like, Oh, I, I okay. honestly just got straight up beat. And I think Upperman and Weenan, I feel we're like in, Upperman or somebody were, were in the LCQ. Those so two, it was, like, it was those damn. two. It was those two. So now you're basically left battling for two and, spots. And then there was, there was, so it was Upperman, Weenan. So, you know, they're a lock. There's, I know I passed Preston Young on the last lap to get in. And I think, and there might've been another, I thought Brett was possibly in there. Sean Taylor was in there. Like there was some, some, um, other, some other guys people. didn't, some didn't make it, but I know, I know that. I know the, yeah. Yeah. The last lap I passed Preston Young to make it. And it was like, it was like do or die. I don't even know how. Yeah. Crazy. So I, you can, yeah. That wasn't a fun time. <laughs> stressful, stressful for sure. Um, well, one guy that's hoping to make it in and not have to go to the LCQ and all these things is uh, our last incoming pro class rookie for 2023. Last year, he was fourth overall in Pro-Am. He's got one career Pro-Am podium. It's Andrew Shaddle. I know that he's got some family or some some team members. I believe it's a family member uh, playing in the game. So I'm stoked on that. And uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to see one in addition he is to, to the class. Obviously we love these numbers being high. Um, we're going to see what he can do. You know, it's, it's a growing experience. It's a learning experience for all these kids, for these incoming rookies. It's going to be that for everybody, but they make the class so much more fun, right? It's not predictable with these guys in there. And that, uh, makes it exponentially more fun for us ATV racing enthusiasts. And then obviously ATV fantasy players. Oh yeah. It'll be, uh, it'll be cool seeing these new, new faces in the, 
in the class and who knows some of them might shake things up a bit uh-huh exactly so we went through all the riders now i emptied my notebook uh, we got pages and pages of notes here emptied my notebook on these guys so let's pick our teams for daytona buddy uh we know you're starting your team in tier one with joel hetrick right you got joel hetrick yep. in tier one so you're predicting that he's gonna win daytona what about tier two who's joining joel hetrick on hammy's dream team um that's like the one tier that i haven't uh 100 so so, locked in i'm like waffling on that one that one so, would probably change a couple of times so your options um, are bryce ford nick janusa jeffrey Rastrelli, max linquist and wesley wolf and somebody had commented in wrote in to me saying that we should make it so that you know you got to lock your team in before qualifying and i responded to that arguing i think it's harder they get hurt i think it's harder with qualifying. And the reason why I say yeah. that is because you go into Daytona per se, as we're talking about it here, you go into Daytona, assuming that, you know, you know, what's going to happen ish. And then all of a sudden qualifying happens and somebody you're not expecting to be up front is up front and it throws everything off. So I would argue that qualifying, I don't know for people that play for people that play the supercross fantasy games, whether it be pulp MX oh, yeah. fantasy or Rocky Mountain ATV fantasy, it's harder. If you think about qualifying, you should just not even take qualifying into consideration. So, uh, funny there, but, uh, okay. So your options are Bryce Ford, Nick Janusa, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Max Lindquist, Wesley Wolf. Who are we adding to Hammy's dream team joining Joel Hetrick there in, in, uh, your fantasy team for now. I, I, I have Bryce Ford, but okay. I would assume yeah. that he's. I would assume that he's going to be the pick trend. I, it would be more of a lock if it was a true. Like if we were a Gator back, I would probably say that with more confidence. But since it's at Daytona, but Bryce gets good starts. I'm skeptical. Bryce gets good that, starts, so I, yeah. I feel. I feel. Feel like you can't go wrong with picking him. You know, you can't. You're not going you to really go wrong with picking any of those guys. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why it's difficult. Okay, so we're going. Uh, Hammy's dream team so far. We have Joel Hattrick and Bryce Ford. Tier three now. Who's going to join them on your team there? Your tier three options, guys that are going to be battling six to 10th ish Logan Stanfield, Cody Ford, Zach Decker, Michael Allred, or the newest addition, the five time European champion, Kevin Saar. I'm going with Kevin Saar. Yeah, I think I'm going to too. Think I'm going to as well. He's going to be hard to pick. Uh, I'm hard jumping to, on the hype wagon. Hard to pick against. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, so tier four. So so far, Tammy's dream team: Joel Hetrick, Bryce Ford, Kevin Saar. Tier four. These guys are are shooting for top ten finishes. Uh, your options are Vince Merman, Caesar Jimenez, Marshall Smith, Zach Harris, Dane Molander, Aaron Salinas, Adam Ulrich. Or Andrew Shaddle. Who are we taking in tier four? Hammy's dream team. I'm gonna go with the rookie, Dane Molander. Yeah, I think that I would again, I would assume that that's gonna be the pick trend. I think that for me comes down to, you know, a, a battle between Dane Molander and Aaron Salinas. I don't know. Okay, so so that's so that completes Hammy's team. That completes Hammy's yeah. team. So again, Hammy's dream team, Joel Hetrick, Bryce Ford, Kevin Saar. Dane Molander. That's a great looking team there. Uh, if you want to play with us, compete against Hammy, maybe prove that you know ATV Motocross better than Hammy does. You can join us in playing at atvfantasy.com. Let me quickly go over my team. Uh, so 
like Hammy said, it could change, but as of right now, like every year, probably I'm picking Chad Weenan at the first race. He's a five-time event winner. I got to do it. I can't pick against the guy. I love Joel. He's one of my favorite guests on the show. He, he wrote the biggest write-up of anybody updating me on his off season. I appreciate him so much. Uh, awesome dude. I would never cheer against him, but five-time event winner, Chad Weenan. He's just, he's got something special for Daytona. So I'm going to start my team with Chad Weenan. I'm going to move on to tier two. Like you said, Hammy, that's a, that's a tough one. Bryce Ford, Nick Janusa, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Max Lindquist, Wesley Wolf. I would assume I'm going to go with Bryce Ford. Um, hard to pick against him. Like you said, it's hard to pick against any of these guys. I could see myself picking just about any of them, to be honest with you. Especially the, the second last year for Max is juicy to me. I look at Nick Janusa. He finished second in 2021. Jeffrey's finished on the podium here a number of times. But... I think I would have to go with Bryce Ford. So as of right now, my team is going to start with Chad Weenan. We're going to add Bryce Ford. Tier three, I'm going to go with Kevin Saar as well. Uh, generally speaking, though. Sounds like you're copying me. Though, hard to pick against, especially at Daytona. It's hard to pick against Michael Allred. And I say that because he gets such good starts but I've been riding this hype train of Kevin Saar and I got to add, you can't him. jump off now. I got to add you're, Kevin Saar. You're, to in. I, you're, you're exactly right. I, he's the biggest story of the off season. I've been predicting he's going to be near the top five. So Chad Weenan, Bryce Ford, Kevin Saar. And in tier four, this is hard, but just in this moment, especially because you just said, I'm copying you. I'm going to take Aaron Salinas and I think it's because he's rock solid. You know, we saw him go head to head with Dane Molander, all season long last year, uh, we saw, you know, actually it looked like Loretta's was going to be a toss up in pro-am between those two and at, late in the race at Redbud, Aaron Salinas had a get off, I believe is what it was. And then he found himself at, you know, a seven or five or nine point deficit coming into Loretta's and it was no longer a winner take all. It was shaping up that Loretta's was going to be winner take all between those guys. So that, so my point being very comparable between the two kind of a toss up. I'm going to go with Aaron Salinas. Cause I think that he's going to be rock solid at Daytona as he always is. He's always rock solid. So my team, Chad Weenan, Bryce Ford, Kevin Saar, and Aaron Salinas. If you want to join us, you can prove that you are better than both of us in digging deep ATVMX fantasy by signing up today at atvfantasy.com. Thomas Brown's team as well. Uh, it's going to be fun to fun to see how people stack up against him as well. It's going to be a blast. The game, like I said earlier, has made ATV racing so much more fun. Um, but I want to briefly touch on the the pro sport class, Hammy, before we get out of here. We've ran way long. Uh, the only other ATV class at Daytona, though, is this pro sport class. So I want to at least touch on this. The riders entered so far, the way that this was proposed to me, the way it was said to me is maybe there's an opportunity for guys to still sign up. So there there's at least one name missing from this list that I think is probably going to be a factor in this in this race and this season. Uh, but the riders lined up so far, the riders signed up so far are Lane Baird, Joseph Chambers, Kale Deal, Tom Ebden, Adam Grandin, Keith Hanna, Mason Jackson, Ian Juca, Jane Launderville, Tyler Martin, Chris Miller, Brett Musig, Matthew Simmons, 
and Jacob Viznik. So there's three names that the jump off the page to me right away are obviously defending champion, Brett Musick. He's the odds on favorite. I uh, will never bet against that dude. He gets just about every hole shot. He's rock solid. He's fast. You know, he looks just like he did years ago. I would argue he's better today than he was at any point during his pro career. I believe that. So Brett Music stands out to me. Obviously, Jaden Launderville stands out to me. Huge fans of him. Uh, he's going to be a future star of the sport. I truly believe that. I believe he's the first ever Digging Deep Rising Star Award winner. So we love Jaden Launderville. He's going to be one to watch for sure. Joseph Chambers as well. I mean, he was the runner-up last year in, can't remember if it was this class or, or Pro-Am, either Pro Sport or Pro-Am. He found himself right in between Mo Lander and Salinas when the dust settled on that, on that championship hunt. Uh, he's a guy that could have very easily been in the pro class. I would assume he's coming back to try to win this class before possibly going pro. And then there's one other name that jumps off the page to me, Mason Jackson. He's been so fast for so many years coming up through the ranks. I know he dealt with an injury last year. I think it was an ACL. He's going to be another rider to watch. And then I had mentioned earlier that there's one name at least missing that I would assume would be a factor. At least, you know, he, he was, he was winning races last year before he got hurt. And that name is Blair Miller. Blair Miller was a, a guy who we saw up in the mix last season, all se you know, uh, very much in the mix before he got uh, got hurt there at uh, kind of mid-season time. Um, so again, Brett Music has got to come in as the favorite. I would assume we'll see Jaden Launderville on the podium, uh, Joseph Chambers on the podium, and Mason Jackson's going to be in the mix, probably Bear Blair Miller being there and very much in the mix. That all being said, things get crazy at Daytona. It happens every single year. Things get crazy at Daytona. And uh, yeah, I don't know what you think, Cammy. I sent you that list earlier. What do you think about pro sport? I think it's going to be a battle between music and Launderville for sure. Um, Brett's got awesome hole shots, great corner speed. And just from the videos I've seen of this Launderville, he's, he's the real deal. So mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see them guys get off on like a more open track, but uh, I think Daytona will be more of a whole shot battle. Yeah. Well, that makes Brett that much more of a favorite, to be honest, because his yeah. whole shots are so on point. Yeah, he's uh, definitely got those things dialed in. All right, so finishing up here with a couple predictions, Hammy. We've got a couple predictions. We're going to get out of here with this. We, we know that you're the prediction guy. We've done this here in the past uh, years ago or in the early years of digging deep. Uh, so we had to get some predictions before we got out of here. These are always fun. So based on your fantasy team, we know that you're – you're predicting Joel Hattrick's going to win this thing. I would assume based on your fantasy team, at least who you picked. So your podium then, I would assume, at Daytona, based on your picking for your fantasy team, is Joel Hattrick, Chad Weenan, and Bryce Ford. That would be your podium at Daytona. Yes and no. Okay. I'm okay. still not set on that third. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spot. Got it. Um. Got it. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm, I'm not ready to lock that in. Okay. Well, based on in. you know, I can't. I can't ask you who you think is going to be on the podium because that's who you chose for your team. So I assumed that that oh. was what it was going to be. But that. But you're saying you're saying you're not you're not too confident on it yet. Sound when it sounds like that, I'm not. I'm not ready to stamp that because <laughs> like like last year's last year's results, like anything how, can happen. But how do you predict it? You know, it's hard. That's that's yeah. So yeah, I guess that would be my. Um, my prediction. Okay. So then I'll go with that for now. 
So then we know you're picking Joel Hattrick to win, to win this first race. And I'm betting that you're thinking for the seventh time in nine tries, the winner of Daytona is going to win the title at season's end. You're saying Joel Hattrick gets halfway to Chad Weenan and Denton with four titles at the end of 2023. I'm betting that that's what you're going to say. Yes, but I was going to ask you, did you ever, Joel has yet to go back to back on championships. And I was going to ask you, will this be the year? Very well could be. Very well could be. That's the only thing, or does Chad just find another gear and not let that happen? Because last time I thought Joel won one, I thought it was about to be six in a row. I sounded like LeBron in Miami. (laughs) Not three, not four, not five. (laughs) Yeah, it it was something like that. It was. Yeah, I remember. So, uh, trust me, I remember. So I know whatever I'm going to say next, Wien is going to be like, oh, well, I got to prove did, he did, wrong He again. did reference that, didn't he? He referenced that yeah. in, the, in the episodes that followed. But uh, but yeah, man, I, so. I got Joel for the championship. Hard to pick against Joel, obviously. You know, the dude just keeps getting better. He said that there's been improvements made to the bike, improvements to his program. Chad, though. He wants number nine so bad. He wants number nine so freaking bad. I got a question for you, too. This kind of was something I was thinking. Do okay. you like now we're talking about how great Chad and Joel are right now? Do you think Chad's speed right now is as fast as he was in like 2012, 13? I think it's better. I think it's hands down better. Because I know Joel's is like, we don't, I don't know what Joel's peak may be now. But uh, Joel's peak, Joel's peak, peak is now. Yeah. 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 But back when Wien was really kicking everyone's ass, there was no one really to see him up that ante. I think like he is now, but he's years older. So that's what I'm asking. Like, do you think he's at his peak? Has he already peaked? Because he's okay. still going at a crazy okay, level. Okay, I'll give you a little a little uh little inside info. So, or maybe that's not the right way to say it, but I'll give you a little info uh that I got directly from Chad. He said to me yesterday that those titles in the middle of that run were they're not that special because nobody was pushing him. Joel Hetrick is pushing Chad Wienan to the brink. These are two of, and we talked with this with, with Thomas Brown. These are two of the greatest dudes ever, arguably two of the greatest ever, right? They're as good as anybody, no matter where you stand in that debate. These are two guys that are as good as anybody in the history of our sport. Joel Hattrick, we know for an absolute fact is the best he's ever been. That bike is better than any bike he's ever ridden. He's got, he is so dialed and Chad Weenan each and every year has found a way to take a step forward. Even when he hasn't won the title, he's been better than the year before. And I would argue that, you know, we saw some, some hurdles last season, some chinks in the armor that we haven't seen from Chad in the past. I would still argue though, that Chad is the best version of himself today than he's ever been because those titles in 12, 13, 14, 15, those titles, he didn't have to, I mean, I don't want to say he didn't have to work that hard for him, but nobody was pushing him. That's literally what he said to me yesterday. Yeah. But that, but I don't think, I mean, it was that he was just at a level above everybody else, but now he's, Joel has forced him to get better and better and better and better and better. Those two guys are better than they have ever been. I would bet my life on that. I would bet every dime I have. I would bet, I would bet the farm on the fact that those two guys are the best that they've ever been. 
in my mind, it's not even a question. Interesting. That's something to think about. Mm-hmm. It's And that's what makes it so fascinating as we talk about Daytona, because again, like the winner of that race, you know, six out of eight times has went on to win the title. Like, like the, the, the stats show how important this one is. Again, I get that it's half points. I get that it's not, you know, a full blown ATV motocross national, but Chad did it in 16 and 18 and 20 and 21. Joel did it in 19 and 22. Like the winner of this race, there's no way to argue. History proves that, you know, the next winner, next week's winner is instantly going to become the odds on favorite to win this 2023 title. And that is fascinating and exciting to me because again, like more times than not three quarters of the time, the winner next week gives us a glimpse into who's going to win the title at the end of the year. And that is, man, it makes the hair on my arm stand up. I just can't wait. So are you saying that you think Wynn's going to win the, is that your prediction on the champion for this year? I just want him to win nine because he wants it so bad. And like, there's been this narrative for so long. I mean, think about a decade ago, right? And maybe prior to that, but even a decade ago, everybody knew how good Chad Wienan was. He had one title to his name coming into 2013. He had a really good season to win that title, but nobody probably was was thinking he was going to win eight. He had, he was just going to be another guy that would win a few, win a couple of them. And now look where we are and to just complete what a story that is, you know, for Chad Wienan to go pro in 2005, doesn't win a title until 2012 goes on that run wins, you know, a number of them in a row. Now he's won eight of the last 10. Yeah, it's crazy. I just want him to complete the story of man. Everybody said that Gary Denton's title of, in, in, I know that everybody wants to argue it's not the same. That was the GNC era. Now this is the motocross era. I understand, but as far as ATV titles go, it's tied right now. And I would love to see, because again, everybody always said it was a record that would never be matched. It would never be broken. And Chad Wienan is one away. Now bringing this to Joel Hetrick, bring Joel Hetrick into this. And I said this last year, it's a big swing year here because if, Chad Weenan wins. He has now distanced himself to nine titles to Joel Hetrick's three, right? And Joel Hetrick mm-hmm. wants desperately to match that. He he said as much. He wants to get up there and he wants to be the record breaker. He wants to tie Gary Denton and Chad Weenan and he wants to break that. That being said, if Joel Hetrick gets it done, he's halfway there after 2023. He's at four already. And then I start to think, shoot, he could, he could, he could do it. You know, um, it's a big swing year. I know I said that last year, but it's either going to, it's, I mean, odds are, if it comes down to those two guys, it's either going to be at the end of the season, it's going to be nine versus three, or it's going to be eight versus four. And in my mind, there's a big difference between the two. Oh yeah. That's when you, when you explain like that, it's crazy to, to think of it, it, it almost like if Joel doesn't get it done this year, who's going to really touch Chad's record? That's what I said last year. And then Joel gets it done. Right. And now again, 
it's a lot of years of racing. Everything changes in my mind when you think Joel could be halfway there. And, and he said that his goal is to, is to be the one to, you know, to, to claim the title, which is awesome for us. Cause that means we got Joel Hetrick for, uh, you know, for at least a handful of years. years. Exactly. So that'll be, that'll be fun. So, um, so yeah, you got Joel Hetrick. I'll take Chad Wienan on my side. The last time we had you on the show when we were, you know, predicting like this, I won, uh, I won that, yeah. that, that title prediction there. What about bold predictions, pal? What about bold predictions for 2023? Do you got one? Um, well, you think I can give you mine. Yeah. Brandon Hogue's going to win a race this year. Brandon Hogue's going to win an overall. I'm confident in it. As long as this team ends up being comparable to what he dealt with last year, he was, he was as close as you can be in a, in an ulterior universe. He wins two overalls last year because he was just a couple laps away from winning Daytona and he was one corner away from winning Ironman. So in an ulterior, that's why I feel like it's the one that got away, the two that got away from him. Cause he came so close in my mind that the no brainer, I wrote that. I wrote my answer down to that question. As soon as I put it on paper earlier today, Brandon Hogue wins an overall this year. That's my bold prediction for 2023. That's pretty bold. Um, <laughs> I know. I could definitely see him winning a moto, but okay. I don't think Chad and I don't. I don't see Chad and Joel letting see it hard. Hard for me to see them getting beat for the one and two spot. It, me I, too. I mean, it had to be some mechanical, maybe, or so. I think. Know, a, I think of um, brand- something dramatic. I feel like would have to happen. Yeah. I think of Brandon so similar to Joel, to the riding styles. Um, I just think of them so in such a similar way. Joel comes out, you know, years ago, year would have been 2011 and comes out and wins Unadilla. And just, it was his day all day long. And I just have this, I just, you know, if, and, and I'm kind of banking on maybe Brandon winning the first race, you know, that would be the, I don't want to say the easiest way to do it, but that'd be the easiest way to see it happening is happening at Daytona, uh, one moto format, you know, harder track to pass on kind of thing. Yeah. That's what but, I'm thinking. But otherwise maybe Brandon Hogue just comes out one day, he feels amazing and he puts it all together and it's just his day from the very start. Um, and last, like last year we saw motos, where guys like Brandon Hogue, guys like Max Lindquist, they beat Chad Wienan straight up. And they were, you know, like Brandon Hogue was getting very close to Joel Hattrick. He was keeping him honest. Specifically, I'm thinking about Briarcliff. So that's my bold prediction. What do you got? Do you come up with anything yet? Uh, I honestly don't. I got two two things that are in my head, but I don't know if I – so, because if it's because like, because based them. well, because based on what you're but saying, based on what you're saying, you're not predicting anybody else wins an overall other than Joel or Chad. Okay, so then your other bold yeah. predictions would be potentially seeing somebody podium that we've never seen. Yeah, podium. that's where I was going to go with. I would say maybe Mo Lander podium, and then I. What about Kevin? Maybe. Sarr? I'm not there yet. Okay, and then. Maybe, maybe Nick Janusa's best year. 
Okay. But I have nothing to nothing to go off of what me make me say that, but I mean yeah. it could be time. Well, he, if he could finish you know third, I mean? if, if he, he was the third best guy, it wouldn't surprise me. If he could finish third in points, it'd be his best year because he's always been fourth or fifth, right? He's always been fourth or fifth since his rookie year. I would argue, you know, and I've said this, that the class is faster than it was back then. It, it is. So, um, you know, I, I think that he's been the best version of himself in recent years, but he's going to want to get some more podiums, you know, than, than he's had. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that. I thought maybe you were going to go being, you know, bold prediction hammy. I thought you were going to tell me like Joel Hetrick was going to win all the overalls or, you know, something like that. But, uh, but, but no, you're, you're keeping it a little bit, not so bold this time. If Dake you're, wasn't on the, if they, yeah, that's, that's too bold. That's too <laughs> but, Or, well, or could I give you, he wins every overall excluding Daytona. No, there's, <laughs> I was looking at that. Like, yeah, Wayne's going to win a few here and there. Well, Red and Red, Red Bud is on the way to make it happen. Redbud's off um, the schedule. That doesn't help Chad. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it's not cool. It'll be interesting to see how Chad does a gear back with them having a school week before. Okay, and touching on the schedule there, Hammy. So we've obviously been talking about Daytona. That's the opener. We're talking about Gatorback. That's the 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 second round for the pros, the amateur opener uh, at round two there. Um, and then kind of going down the rest of the list here, we got underground is back on the schedule for Texas for round three. That's kind of exciting. I really liked, really liked uh, three palms. I really liked that racetrack. It was a little bit different because it's a little more man-made, uh, but I actually liked that. It was just a different, you know, kind of vibe to a race uh, to have in the series, but we're going back to underground, a track that we raced uh, a number of times mm -hmm. down there, a track I really enjoy, a track with some big hits down there at underground, uh, high points round four, that's always a stop on the on the tour, uh, Ironman round five, back for another year, I'm glad we lost Ironman for a couple seasons, so I'm so glad that we got Ironman, especially now that we don't have Redbud, which obviously stinks, uh, but more yeah. races in the Midwest is awesome. Uh, Sunset Ridge favorite stop on the tour, obviously, especially now that we don't have red bud that's round six. That's in the, in May there, uh, Bud's Creek is next Bud's Creek. That's going to be a really fun one round seven, because that's that crossover with the, the TT on the same weekend as the motocross all at one venue. That's going to be so much fun. TT national ATV motocross national all in the same place. That's going to be a place to be. I'm hoping to make it to that one. That's going to be a lot of fun to see a really special thing for ATV motocross. Uh, round eight, Pleasure Valley, uh, another good one. That's the 4th of July weekend, as it always is up there. Uh, back on the schedule for another season. Briarcliff is round nine. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, we're going to do some, uh, I'm going to have some involvement with that one. So that one's going to be fun. We'll keep it at that. Uh, Ohio, that that brings, yeah, there you go. Hammy's holding up a Briarcliff sweatshirt right now. He, uh, You won Pro-Am there a number of years ago, pal. You got good memories yes, there. Yes, sir. Local track. First ever Briarcliff ATV National. Got my name up in the sign-up building. Nice. I like it. Yeah. That was like a good it. weekend. I like it. And touching on Briarcliff there, we just got word. I just got word yesterday. We announced it on the, on our social platforms that Kinsey defending WMX champion, Kinsey Osborne is back on the bike. She's going to be ready, uh, ready to go for the Gatorback opener for those guys. And we're going to see her in the B class this season as well. So, so <clears> super <throat> stoked on that. Stoked to see her back on the quad. I know that she's been, you know, kind of working all winter long to come back from that major knee injury she had last season at uh, Loretta's where she 
I believe tore her ACL, but stayed on the quad, still raced, still went one, one and uh, completed what was an unforgettable rookie season for her. So stoked to see what she's got in store for this 2023 season. And then obviously wrapping everything up at Loretta Lynn's in August there, round 10, finishing up at Loretta Lynn's, uh, wanted to touch on the schedule. I meant to do that earlier, getting it in here now though. Uh, anything stand out to you, Hammy? Obviously I think it's awesome. We touched on this with Thomas. I think it's awesome to have Gator back, back on the schedule. It's nostalgic for so many of us that, you know, were fans of the sport years ago. We're around it years ago in 2006 when the series last went there. I love that we're going to Gator back. Going back to underground is fun. Um, everything else is pretty standard except for Bud's Creek. I think that that TT uh, crossover kind of uh, doubleheader is not the right word, but that conjoined event there with TT and motocross at Bud's Creek is going to be a lot of fun. What stands out to you? Um, I think first and foremost, not, not having Red Bud. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine ATV motocross season not having Red Bud. Um, that was always me and my family's favorite race of the year. Always fell on. Mind July 26th weekend and uh, parking's awesome. Track was fun. I'd say maybe as the years went on, maybe the track got like a decline, got worse maybe, but it was still always a good time. Really jealous that they're going to Gatorback. That track looks like some real good hard packed. Yeah. Fun. The hammy style. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then I'm jealous that they're doing like a TT. I really wish they would have done something like that when we raced, like a TT at the – they did a TT race while we were racing at Birch Creek in 2012, but I don't mm -hmm. know if it was like – it wasn't like points. Like the points mm – -hmm. I don't know if the points this year are like adding up or – it's like full, full on, full on national event, obviously two separate events, right? Like people, you know, presumably okay. there's going to be some people that try to race both, but uh, it's just a TT okay, national so. same weekend as the ATB motocross national at the same, you know, facility. And like, when we talk to Brad, he's going to try to hopefully race both. I mean, obviously his moneymaker is the TT races talking about Brad Riley. So on Saturday, he'll race the TT, you know, pro races and pro-am and the, the classes that he races there and hoping on Sunday to race pro-am on the motocross side. Um, but yeah, it's just going to be, I love the fact of, you know, conjoining the two because TT, yeah. and TT ATV racing is alive and well, obviously as ATV motocross is, and uh, that's going to be, it's going to be really fun. It's going to be just, like I said, simply put the place to be that weekend. And that's just a, a really cool thing. Yeah. It'd be cool if they were able to do something like that more often, even at like a pine lake mm -hmm. and they do the TT, if they had a motocross track, that'd be a real good spot for a, a dual event. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be fun. Like you said, it hurts me to not have red Bud on the schedule. Actually for a number of weeks, it looked like we were going to have the Richies on my show to talk about not having a red button. And it eventually fell through because they didn't see the upside necessarily in coming on my show, which is fair. That's actually the response I expected from the start, but there's a, there's a, there's a feeling out there from some people that they just, you know, turned their head on quads, turned their backs on quads, mm -hmm. kind of kicked us to the curb. And I can tell you without going into tons of detail that that is not the case. Um, Redbud was on the ATV racing schedule, ATV motocross schedule for Amy said every year that the nationals existed, except for maybe the first year. So they have been an ATV racing national track facility forever right and there was some stuff that went down this year 
and I want, I'm trying to figure out how deep I want to go into this, but there was some stuff involving one of their favorite employees concerning a, a parent of a ACV motocross family. And it, and ultimately this situation uh, was race was involved mm. and that's not cool. And yeah, we've all heard Amy on the radio, you know, saying pit bikes, pit bikes, take care of your kids, you know, all those things. And I understand, but that is those, those things are not the reason why ATV racing is not going to red, but, um, we all know that ATV racing is not as big as the dirt bike stuff. You know, Redbud just hosted the motocross nations, the biggest event, you know, that there is on the planet for motocross racers. So this is the world's best, arguably uh, motocross facility as ATV racers racing. There was a luxury. It really was. It's the best of the best. But if some people kind of took it for granted and didn't treat them the way they deserve to be treated and race was involved in the way that this, one of their favorite employees was treated. Honestly, as bad as I, as I want to be at Redbud, I kind of understand that being the straw that broke the camel's back. Cause that's one of those things that's like off limits. You cannot do that. And you can't, a person shouldn't even think that way. So yeah, that's a shame. That's that it's hard to digest. I've wanted to actually touch on that for the show. You know, I wanted to do it gently and I really wanted to have that conversation with them because I wanted them, I wanted to be able to tell our listeners that, Hey, like we didn't turn our backs on you, but something took place that we can't forget. And honestly, I understand my other hope, my other hope for getting her on the show is I wanted to, her to know that there was at least a segment, uh, you know, a group of people out there that freaking adored being at Redbud, that adored it being yeah. on, on our, on our schedule. And I wish that we were still going there. I want, I was hoping that my show and a conversation with her, with Amy could help kind of lay the groundwork for maybe making a return to Redbud. And, and I'm not saying that that's out of the question, but she basically said it's time, you know, after, mm-hmm. after the stuff that went down, it was time to let maybe a smaller track, hopefully in the Midwest. I mean, I'd love to go to, we raced at Taylorville, Illinois, WPSA. I loved uh, Rossville, Indiana, Wildcat Creek. The Wildcat. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's the one I'm talking about. I loved it there. Yeah, I love that one. I would love another race in the Midwest because that's the biggest thing for me is being a Midwest guy and you're the same, Hammy. That's what hurts about losing Redbud. I mean, not only do I love Redbud, it's close, yeah. But and I and I love the fact that we're going to Bud's Creek and and actually Ezra, the owner, wants to come wants to come on my show and it sounds like he's all in, which is awesome. We want to go to tracks where the owners want to have us, where tracks want to have us. But I want we need another Midwest race. I mean, we got big numbers here, a lot of quads here in the Midwest. We need yeah. another. We need another Midwest race. So. Would love the the fact of possibly going back to Wildcat Creek or or something like that. I love that place in Indiana there, but uh, but yeah, schedule's shaping up to be cool. Uh, wanted to at least touch on the Redbud thing there when you kind of open the door. Wish we were going back there. I would love for it to be just a one year stint where we don't go there, but I don't I don't necessarily think that that's going to happen. But uh, but yeah, man, 
I think we just about covered as much of, of this stuff as we could without these guys going racing. Um, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be really fun to see how it all plays out. Like I said, I probably didn't emphasize enough. I remember surrounding this event last year, going in and coming out of it. We see craziness at Daytona each and every year. Oh yeah. We really do. And it's going it, to, I'm sure this year is going to be no different. Last year it was the mud. The year before we saw, you know, Joel Hattrick go flipping off the racetrack after contacting with a lapper. Uh, you know, we've seen so many things over the years, just craziness that we're going to see something again. And like I said earlier, Hopefully the gates work all, all weekend. <laughs> yeah. Like I said earlier, it's, it's impossible to predict what craziness we're going to see but we are going to definitely see some craziness next week. We're sitting here just one week away from Daytona and I wish we didn't have to wait a week. Right. No doubt about that. I'll definitely be uh, keeping tabs on that whole, uh, that whole day on who's qualifying and who's up front, who's looking fast and, yeah, they'll have that live, right? I'm sure we'll be able to watch live. I would TV. assume, I would assume so, like years past. And uh, one thing I do want to touch on before we get out of here is that uh, that cutoff time for ATV fantasy. Um, so, generally speaking, in years past, we've we've the cutoff has been an hour after the last qualifier, which then would be an hour before the first moto. So that, so we're going to do that same cutoff time. I think for the races going forward, teams will lock an hour after qualifying is over, which generally speaking is an hour before that first moto. That being said, Daytona is a little different. So we'll probably, whatever time we're going to have the first motos, we'll lock our picks a half hour before that first moto. For the guys, that gives we want people to have <clears throat> enough time after qualifying to kind of digest, see what they're going to do, and uh, and yeah, so we'll announce all that if you follow along on social media, we'll announce it. There's a, a chat in the game. We'll uh, we'll make sure everybody is aware of that as well. Um, but yes, we'll we will uh, we will we will lock those picks half hour before the gate drops on that first moto, and then we'll see how it all plays out. Again, uh, anybody that isn't signed up yet, uh, signups have been flying in the last couple days here. As we get just within a week of Daytona, uh, you can sign up today at atvfantasy.com. Again, you can prove that you know ATV Motocross better than the rest of us. You can compete for some awesome prizes and some bragging rights. We give away a plaque at the end of the year, a champion plaque. Um, I saw some of the champions already from years past, already talking a little smack, so that's fun. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, like I said earlier, it makes the se- the series, the, the following along so much more fun. It enhances the ATV Motocross experiences a fan for sure but man i just uh can't wait to see what's going to happen this season can't wait to see what's going to happen at daytona specifically because like we've said a few times daytona gives us a really good look into what we can expect from the season kind of coming ahead so it's going to be a lot of fun oh yeah it's 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 going to be a blast i'm glad i was able to do this with you i love uh i love talking atv moto and like you said earlier the more you know the more you care i think you net it on the head so for sure. It's like um, anything, right? It's like anything you're doing for the fantasy. Yeah. Following all these different riders is just better for the sport, better for all these riders getting more recognition and, uh, and you care more. We wish, yeah. Some we, we wish that we would have when we race. So it's cool. Yeah. You simply care more. The no, the more, you know, if you know, you know, Brandon Hogue's riding for a new team, that's going to be fun to watch. Kevin Sars coming over from Europe. How's he going to do, uh, you know, Bryce Ford is, you know, totally different spot than he was a year ago at this time. All these things, the more, you know, about the backstory, the more you care about the racing. And, uh, that's kind of the void that we're trying to fill here. Um, so yeah, it's going to be exciting, but pal with that, that's going to do it for our, our, our preview, uh, prior to the 
Daytona and to kick off the 2023 season. Hammy, this has been so much fun. It's been a long time since we chopped it up like this. You know, we're, we're talking about racing all the time via text, um, but for a couple hours here to sit and talk about ATV motocross racing, looking ahead to the exciting season ahead, man, this has been so much fun. This is something we're going to have to do more of this season. Oh, definitely. Uh, you let me know and I'll come on and we'll, uh, we'll talk some ATV moto. Like I said, I can go all day talking about old times and past racing. So I need to get more up to speed with what's going on in the now. And, but like I said, I love, I think about motocross every day and, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's just some a part of me. So it's cool to come on here and talk with you and, uh, hopefully get to do it again. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. We'll definitely do it again. It brings back a lot of, uh, a lot of great memories from from back in the day for sure but uh you're the man pal thanks so much for being here thanks for taking all this time with us and uh we'll plan to do it again soon okay yes sir i appreciate it thank you awesome that's tyler hamrick brought to you by factory 43 and i'm your host cody jansen signing off on the digging deep atvmx podcast time to go racing inside the hallowed grounds of daytona international speedway thanks so much pal we'll see you soon let's go racing Major thanks to tonight's featured guests, Thomas Brown and Tyler Hamrick. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother, for all his hard work. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to all of our donors. You know who you are. We appreciate you so much. Thanks to all of our partners, CST Tires. Go to shop.csttires.com today. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. SSI decals, DID racing chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, the financial advice of the Haymauer Financial Group, DP Brakes, Factory 43, Binkies Forever ATC Museum, a special shout out to Impact Solutions and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support the brands that support our show and don't forget to use those codes to save. You can find it all on our website and be sure to click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner for all your gear and parts needs and to help us out. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. As you've been hearing all episode long, sign up for ATV Fantasy today at ATVFantasy.com and you can head over and you can head over to shop.diggingdeepatvmx.com where you'll find our all new alternative logo shirts and hoodies just in time for the new season. They've been flying off the shelves. They're awesome. I'm wearing one right now, so check that out. If you're looking for another easy way to help support us, visit our website and click the Patreon or Buy Me a Coffee buttons. This allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to support our efforts. You can leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show. 920-569-3519. That's 920-569-3519. Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content, coverage, and more fun stuff as we are just days away from the start of the brand new 2023 ATV Motocross National Season. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. All episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links, and discount codes, show merchandise, fantasy info, and more can all be found on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, so check that out today. Be a friend, tell a friend, please download, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And with that, for Thomas Brown, Tyler Hamrick, Brooke Jansen, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen. Thanks for listening to and making us the most listened to podcast in ATV racing with 203,000 downloads last month in 101 total countries. Until next time, thanks for joining us in digging deep with the stars of ATV motocross. We'll see you next week for our post-race coverage of the 2023 ninth annual Daytona ATV Supercross. See you then. 
Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep Podcast, much like the Titanic. Those guys were hauling ass, for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quad leaders are freaking nice.